a nuclear bomb going off in Dallas or whatever away from not Dallas. But you know, Dallas has been mentioned when they throw out some of those cities, you know, when, when they try to scare them. No, Dallas doesn't have anything going on here. It's just a big retail shopping center. We don't have any industry, we don't have any uh, we're not no refineries, um, you know. Look at Houston maybe or uh, wherever. But the point the point is taken, right? That we are just one major massive event away from, you know, the world being changed forever. I mean, imagine a nine eleven on a scale ten times bigger, and you could imagine that the type of response that would come from that could truly be that catalyzing event that would that would create the uh, the ability for a completely new system to be brought in. But barring that type of cataclysmic event, which again we can't really predict, but barring that, it would take a generation of indoctrination to really get people to the point where they could accept global government in that sense. But as you say, we already are living through it to a certain extent. And I think if I were one of these, you know, central planner psychopaths at the top that was trying to bring the system into place, I think that would be the much, much better way to do it rather than to have that kind of, you know, horrible break event that, that, that breaks people's psyches and creates the global government all in one go, to do it gradually, as they are doing through the WTO and the IMF and all these hundreds of other things that are creating the spider's web. And people get caught in the spider's web, I think, a lot more easily than they get caught in the, the, the bear trap. I agree with you 100%. Last week, we touched on Brave New World in 1984, Brave New World novel by Aldous Huxley, written and published in 1932, um, 1984, written by George Orwell, published in 1949. And I would say that Brave New World was, they came at you with benefits. We, they did the things that were logical and rational, and people, well, that makes sense to me. Sign me up for the spider web. But 1984 was the bear trap. Which one yeah. do you think is more dangerous. I, I definitely am more afraid of the spider's web than the bear trap, I because I, I think when people get caught in the bear trap and their leg is you know caught, yeah. it's there, it's immediate. You know that you have to do something. It's, it's life or death. People will saw off their leg to get out of it or whatever they have to do, and uh, it will, it, 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 there will be a definitive answer one way or another. At the very least, there's the possibility that people will get out of it. But with the spider's web, you don't know about it even, that it, you can't even see it because it's so fine and so, so small until you're already caught up in it. And even then, you, it doesn't feel that sense of urgency to get out of it. So it's a, it's a nice, soft, you know, cocoon to be, to be uh -huh. woven into. Perhaps uh -huh. we're extending the metaphor as far as it can go. But I think, yes, I think the Brave New World Society really is that spider's web. And that's why it is so much more insidious and so much more... Um, in a sense, already here, already real. When you go, go down the street and you see everyone with their face buried in their smartphone and everyone's enjoying it. I mean, everyone's getting something out of it. Everyone likes where, where they are at this point in terms of, you know, the ready access to, to entertainment and distraction 24 seven. Uh, it's, it's a very alluring little spider's web to be woven into. And I think we're already, you know, halfway in. Um, it's, it, it, what we really need is the wake-up call to say, this isn't a spider's web, but it's a bear trap. You have to saw off your leg. Let's get out of here. Do you think Aldous Huxley wrote Brave New World as 
purely a, a work of fiction? Or do you suspect that he was aware of people who were laying the foundation back in the 1920s, 1930s? They were already laying the foundation for what we are now coming to call the New World Order. And he knew these were their plans. Was he the mastermind behind the Brave New World or merely the writer who was echoing the plans that were already in place from uh, first generation of psychopaths? Well, he was absolutely um, only the herald of that. He was not the, the author of it in that sense. And we don't have to speculate about that. We know 100% because he talked about it himself. In 1962, he delivered a famous speech at uh, University of California, Berkeley, uh, called The Ultimate Revolution. You can find it widely available online, in which he specifically talked about the fact that Brave New World was not just something that he was making up. It was uh, stuff that he had accrued from actually seeing the types of experiments that people were working on. To a certain extent, maybe less so before he wrote the novel, but certainly it was confirmed in spades after the novel. And in that 1962 speech, he was talking about experiments that he'd seen uh, in terms of trying to... Um, uh, he talked about some animal experiments, like uh, hooking um, mice's brains up to electrodes that would stimulate certain uh, regions of their brains that would give them a kind of endorphic rush of, you know, elation. Um, and, and he was talking about those types of technologies that were already being experimented with at that time. And he talked about the human side of those experiments. And Huxley would, would know, because he does come from a very connected family. People yeah. might know his grandfather, T.H. Huxley, as Darwin's bulldog. He was mm -hmm. intimately involved with the, the fight to get Darwin's ideas accepted in the 19th century. And uh, Aldous Huxley's brother, of course, Julian Huxley, was the founder of co-founder of UNESCO, co-founder of the World Wildlife Fund, a very connected insider type of family that did know about these plans. And uh, Huxley apologists will say, Yes, he knew about all this, and he was warning the people. And that's the way he did frame it, to be fair. He did frame it that way in his interviews that he gave and in the Ultimate Revolution speech. He was warning people about, you know, what dictators of the future could do. But I don't know. I hear a little bit of relish in his voice as he's describing it, um, because he, he really did talk quite openly about how the fact we are coming to a scientific phase where people can be made to enjoy their servitude. Yeah. Dangerous, and still there's a certain kind of logic behind it, and the threat of inevitability. I work all night, I work all day. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, April 8th, 2016. It is about eight and a half minutes after noon Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. And that means you can participate in the show, 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. And, by the way, this is your last chance to call in to the Frank Report this week. So if you're going to do it, now is the time. But uh, if you don't want to call in, you can participate by going to the chat room. That's located on our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link, click on it, and you're in there chatting away with the other folks. You can ask questions, you can make comments, you can just uh, socialize with the others. You can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. AVRN Talk is my screen name. All right, well... There's that. Let's get two things. And stuff, of course. Things and stuff. All right, so... All right. Man, I love this. You know, people who have websites with information on them really would... You know, they, they, they ought to think, gee, are these ads that are covering up the stuff that people actually come here to see? Is that really a great idea? When you see these sites, man, everything on there is an ad. It's it's really quite sad what people do. Because uh, there's a lot of good information, but, you know. Well, anyway, let's see. 
let's start off with this. Are you uncomfortable in the fact that Donald Trump said women that have abortions should be punished? Well, you see, you see this? The fact that Donald Trump said women that have abortions should be punished. Do you see how they, this is from an investment watch blog, okay? Do you see how they couch that? And they make it seem like, you know, and anybody who reads it who doesn't go check out, well, what did he actually say, are going to think Donald Trump said women who have abortion now should be punished. That's not what he said. The question was, if Congress passed a law making abortion illegal, should women be punished? And he said, well, yeah. Uh, Let's see now. If Congress wrote a law that said murdering people is illegal, should people be punished for murdering people? If Congress wrote a law that said, hey, if people rob banks, should those people that rob banks be punished? Of course. What are you going to say? Nope. No, we should disregard the law and just, uh, well, that's not even anarchy. See, that people think that's anarchy where you just disregard laws. Well, that's not anarchy. Anarchy is no laws. There is no government. There is no laws. You're not breaking any laws because there aren't any. That's anarchy. The, the, the absence of government, which means the absence of laws. Well, except for God's law, because whether you like it or not, I don't care what you believe, okay? It doesn't matter what you believe. So take that and chew on it for a little bit. Your little mind doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think, what you believe, what you think you can do. God's law applies to everybody, whether you like it or not. And you will be punished for violating the law. Whether you like it or not. But as far as governments go, hey, anarchy is just the lack of a government. There is no government. There is no man's law. There isn't, you know, everybody just tries to get by. Some people say, well, you know, it's the law of the jungle. Well, it it can be. Okay, it can be. And people can live peacefully and trade amongst one another also. That can be anarchy just as well. But the fact of the matter is, what he said, the media, even through so-called alternative sources, they don't do their research, they don't do their homework, and they just end up putting quotes like that. Women that have abortions should be punished. And they have that in quotes. But they don't have the rest of it in quotes. That's dishonest. Or incompetent. And you shouldn't be writing articles on the internet if you're that, you know, if you do that little research. Millions of jobs have left the country. They are not coming back under Clinton, Cruz, Sanders, Romney, and Ryan. Well, yeah, and they might not be coming back under under Donald Trump either. Oh, not for you. Yeah, jobs may be coming back. But these companies, man, they will replace people with robots. Unless, of course, hey, if the Congress made a law that says, you know, you must have 
uh, I don't know, 20 employees for every robot you have, if somebody had more robots than they were uh, entitled to, should they be punished? Well, of course, if that's the law, yeah, they should be punished. But, hey, what if I just say, should people who own robots be punished? <laughs> yeah. Are you uncomfortable? And these, and they like to say, the fact. Well, I'm not taking anything these people say as a fact anymore because they don't do their research. Are you uncomfortable with the fact Donald Trump and the Clintons used to be good friends and socialized together? You don't need to be a bloodhound in order to sniff out the fact that Hillary Clinton is a Satanist psychopath who will stop at nothing to get her way. You know, I don't know that that's a fact. I mean, I believe that. But anyway, <laughs> is there a chance that Donald Trump was put into play as a candidate just to disrupt the Republican Party? Distract the nation's attention away from Clinton's criminal and treasonous behavior? And then hand the election to Clinton as the GOP lie in ruins. Of course, it's a possibility. However, America cannot let this potential stand in the way of the tremendous momentum that the patriot community has gained because of Trump's candidacy. See, and this goes on to talk about birth rates and why immigration, you know, is an important issue to get, you know, this, uh, you know, we got to do something about it. And it's not enough just to say, well, okay, we're going to slam the border shut, no more of this. No, we got to do something with all the illegals already here. There's probably 40 million of them, and there has to be something done with that. Nobody wants to see anybody dragged down the streets and thrown into cattle cars and driven out of the country. But that's not necessary. All you got to do is take away all the benefits, all the reasons they're actually here. The free school the free housing, the free money, the free food, the free health care. Did I mention the free schooling? Yeah. All that free stuff, man, needs to be taken away. If you ain't here legally, you get squat. Nothing. Now, look, I don't care who you are. If you show up at an emergency room and, you know, the intake person looks at you and says, okay, this is life-threatening, I don't care if you're illegal, if you've got no money, whatever your problem is, you should be stabilized. You know, that that's just, you know, if we stop doing that, then we might as well just pack it in as a civilization, which we're getting close to needing to just do that anyway. Do you, do you know, the, I bet you didn't hear this on the mainstream media, prisons all around the country are experiencing a refusal to work by the prisoners. Coordinated throughout the nation. They won't leave their cells. It's like, nope, I'm not going to go to work for 25 cents a day. I'm not going to be your slave anymore. You treat us like crap, you feed us crap, you work us like dogs, and you don't give us any medical care. So, uh, no. If I'm going to be in prison, I'll just stay in my cell. And all your little prison companies just can go to hell. They can dry up and blow away along with all the CEOs and all the congressmen and senators who have invested money in the private prison system. 
Gee, take a look at that little statistic sometime, and you're going to find out why do we have private prisons. Well, we have private prisons because the guys supposedly making the laws are invested heavily in all these private prisons. Yeah, that require incarceration rates. Do you realize states all around the country have signed agreements with these private prisons to keep them full? Some states say, well, we guarantee a 75% full. Other states, like California, have gone as far as to say, we'll guarantee 90% full. No, how are you going to do that? What if people stop breaking the law? What if people, oh, and by the way, folks, people have slowed down on breaking the law. Crime rates are way down all throughout the nation. Violent crimes, gun crimes, all of them. Now, things like shoplifting and stealing are are actually a little higher right now than they have been in a while because, well, people are broke. They have no jobs, so they steal things. But they don't hurt anybody. See? Violent crime rates have gone down steadily since the 60s. Now, there was a little peak in the 80s. It went up a little, a little blip up, but then it kept going down after that again. So what happens if everybody becomes law-abiding, stops breaking the laws? How are these states going to keep a 90% incarceration rate going? Well, they're just going to make new laws, and they're going to say, well, you know, hey, uh, uh, well, you know, you looked at a cop sideways. Man, that's against the law now. We wrote it down. Yeah. So this this article just goes on to, you know, tell the uh the story about how bad Clinton would be, which I think, you know, look, most of the listeners on this network have that pretty much figured out that Hillary Clinton would be very bad for this country. Uh, actually very bad for the world. Okay, she's a terrible leader. She's a terrible uh elected official. And, you know, and I don't know her, so I don't know for a fact, but she seems, by the things she has done and the way she acts, she seems to be a pretty terrible person, too. But even if she was nice, her policies stink and they're bad for Americans. And she's a criminal. Let's not forget that. She is a criminal. She's been a criminal for 40 years. All right, here's something. Um, somebody, uh, posted this and I went and looked and, uh, it's pretty interesting. And there's other things too. Um, there's a video connected to this article. So if you, I'm not going to obviously on radio worry about the video, but here's the headline. RNC honcho previous allegedly ordering electronic vote tampering in New York to keep Trump under 50%. See, that's because Previous and his little henchmen at the RNC want to make a rule. And they want it to go something like, well, if no candidate has gotten 50% in any state, then we get to pick somebody else. And so far, with, you know, the a lot of people in the Republican primary, that's what Kasich is there to do. He's not there to win. All his talk about, oh, I can go to the convention and I can be, I can become the nominee. Really? Do you really think that? I mean, really? Kasich? 
He hasn't won any states. He, as a matter of fact, he he barely comes in second in any states. I think two states he came in second. Oh, but he won his own state. Woohoo! He's the sitting governor, and he won his own state by oh, probably fifteen percent. Oh boy. He's not there to win the nomination. He's not there. He knows he doesn't have a chance at that. He is just there to make sure Donald Trump does not get 50% of the vote anywhere. That's what Kasich is there to do, and he's there to do it on behalf of the RNC elite, which says a lot for that, that guy, Kasich. According to reports by many over Twitter, which, oh boy, Twitter, the source of all truth, they have overheard, now this is what people say, they have overheard conversations between RNC guru Rents Previous and others wanting to rig the vote in New York to keep Trump under 50%, allowing for a contested convention. Yeah, sneaky previous RNC chairman to Trump supporters. Shut up and sit down. We will choose to nominee. Wow, really? Uh, all you folks in the Republican Party, you know, <laughs> really, is this really your party? Now listen here from uh, Wisconsin, people voting for Donald Trump in Wisconsin's primary are seeing their ballots changed to show a vote for Ted Cruz. Calls began flooding in early this morning to Madison-based ABC affiliate WKOW with reports of voting machines across the state switching votes entered for GOP frontrunner Donald Trump to his establishment counterpart Ted Cruz. The station has spoken with multiple witnesses and is in the process of verifying statements from Burnett, Clark, Dane, Polk, and Portage Counties. According to one witness identified as Jeremy Rogers from Burnett County, it was the strangest thing. The machine literally would not allow me to vote for Trump. I have been a Trump supporter since he launched his campaign, and I have absolutely no reason to vote for Cruz. I have heard the same from several others coming out of the voting booth. Seems like the establishment will stop at nothing to keep this out of the hands of Donald Trump. Brian James, a volunteer and self-professed Cruz supporter who is overseeing the voting at the Burnett County location, had this to say. These allegations have no basis in reality. If these Trump supporters cannot figure out how to use a voting machine, maybe they shouldn't. Oh. I see. So if you can't figure out how to reprogram a rigged machine, then maybe you shouldn't vote. That right? You know, this Ted Cruz, this little facade he has that he's this nice Christian family man, right? Well, if you morons out there buy that, you really are too stupid to vote. As a matter of fact, you may be too stupid to live. Do a little. Hey, get a, you know, read read an article or something. Would you? This guy has cheated on his wife multiple times. And you know what? Donald Trump cheated on one of his wives, too. Okay. So these are not the moral, you know. See, the thing is, though, I get that. People make mistakes. They have moral deficiencies. Okay. I can live with that. Because, hey, I have 
my moral deficiencies, too. So do you. We all do. Unless, of course, you consider yourself perfect. But the fact is, you see, Cruz gets caught and then publicly lies about it. He pays people off, like Carly Farina, the chick that, you know, destroyed Hewlett-Packard. Yeah, that's who she is. Ooh, yeah, let's uh, get her to president. She destroyed Hewlett-Packard. Hey, maybe she could do the same for the country. Woohoo! Yeah, do you know that Ted Cruz's campaign gave her campaign half a million dollars? Or... Hey, wait a minute, weren't they competitors? Weren't they running against each other? Why would Ted Cruz's campaign give her campaign half a million dollars and then send me emails telling me how broke he is that he needs me to send him $35? Oh, could it be that Ted Cruz was boinking one of uh, Carly's campaign workers and she found out about it? Yeah. That's pretty likely. And to boot, tell you what, I won't tell anybody, and I'll even uh, support you. And that's exactly what's happened. And you know what? Even if it's only five hundred, you know, thousand dollars to buy her endorsement, well, this goes along the Ted Cruz way of doing business. He's got a fistful of Goldman Sachs money, and he's not—he's not afraid to spend it. He's not afraid to buy votes, buy supporters, buy endorsements. Because that's how him and his little wife do business. That's the Goldman Sachs way. And if you want the Goldman Sachs way running the country, well, then you'll vote for Ted Cruz because that's who he is. This whole thing about he's, oh, anti-establishment, really? Is it, Well, then Goldman Sachs must be anti-establishment. Oh, wait, that can't be because they are the establishment. Well, I know. Maybe they're a self-hating bank. Maybe that's it. They, they, hate, they really hate themselves. They really hate what they do, but they just can't help it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe not. Anyway, so there's that. And let's see here. What do we got here? Oh, you know, we were all real happy. I was, anyway, when, uh, you know, Iceland actually jailed their bankers. <laughs> Put them in jail. Found them guilty. You're going to jail, baby. You're not paying a $5,000 fine. You're going to prison. And they did. But now, three jailed Kupfing bankers will be freed today due to a change in legislation. Yep, former chairperson of the board... Sigmar Ingerson, former Kalpling Luxembourg CEO Magnus Grundensen, and former 10% owner of Kalpling Open Openson, whatever, will all be released from prison today. On account of a change to the law, they will instead move to a halfway house where they will have to return every night will otherwise be free. A member of Parliament has criticized the legislation as being handcrafted for these bankers. Their early release is due to a change to the law on maximum penalties. While the law previously granted prisoners 2.5 days of electronic surveillance for every month served, 
The change increased that time to five days, according to student sources. It was Independence Party MP, whatever their name is, who fought for the changes to be made, which were released on May. So, you know, this person here, Unar, Bra, Kunar, blah, 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 is obviously in the employ of the world, New World bankers, the worldwide bankers. I don't think this is a good time for the legislative change in light of the situation surrounding these particular prisoners. Left Green MP told reporters, this seems to have been handcrafted for them. I generally support the increased use of electronic surveillance as opposed to prison, but we need to have a discussion about what crimes this new law would apply to. Yeah. You know, obviously, folks, Iceland has bigger problems, okay? They have, uh, you know, they have people among them that are actually not for them. They are working for the enemy. And listen, thanks, uh, folks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, that's funny. But anyway, the uh, the central bankers are our enemy. They have always been the enemy of the people, always, from their very inception, okay? Even, even before their inception, way back when the goldsmiths started writing more receipts for the gold they actually held, they became the enemy of the people right then and there. Because, folks, people who steal from you are your enemy. I know, this is complicated and difficult to grasp, but it's true. People start stealing from you, they are your enemy, okay? Write that down or something, because uh, you'll, you'll need this in the future. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Friday, April 8, 2016, 1242 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, you can call in 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. That'll get you on the air. You can participate other ways, like go to the chat room, which is at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You will see the chat link. Just click it. You'll be in there. Uh, also, you can contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. ABRN Talk is my screen name. Okay, well, Bad Company, of course, was the first song, and the second one was a classic by Chuck Berry, written by Chuck Berry. That was performed by, wait for it, the Rolling Stones. Okay, so there you go. All right, let's get to some things and stuff, shall we? Arizona College imposes mandatory student fee to fund illegal alien scholarships. Wow, is that great or what? Hey, Mom and Dad, are you happy to be paying for Junior's education and Chiquita's education, too, while you're at it? Prescott College in Arizona has decided to charge students a $30 annual fee to finance a scholarship fund for illegal alien students. The fee was originally proposed by students and faculty from the Social Justice and Human Rights Program and will automatically be added to each student's $28,000 tuition bill starting next semester unless they take advantage of an opt-out provision. Well, gee, if it's opt-out, then it's not mandatory. I'm proud that our students take on the role of scholar-activist school president John Flicker said in a statement, adding, we're committed to broadening access to higher education for a diverse group of students and mobilize our resources towards social justice. Wait a minute. How does breaking into somebody's house, raiding their refrigerator, trashing up their house, I mean crapping on the floor, leaving your dirty rags all over the place. How does how is that and allowing that and, and encouraging people and per, rewarding them for that? How is that justice, social or otherwise? How is rewarding people for breaking the law social justice? Think about that, folks. How is that social justice? That is not social justice. Okay, this is another thing like diversity. Gee, how is making everybody to uh, conform to one way of doing things, one way of thinking about things, and one way about talking about stuff? How is that diversity? It isn't diversity. It's the opposite of diversity. But hey, they call it diversity, so, oh, that's what it must be. Like social justice. Oh, we're going to reward people for breaking the law. That's not social justice. That's undermining the foundations of your society. That's not social anything. 
social destruction. The Freedom Education Fund, as the scholarship will be known, was conceived by graduate student, get this, Marielle Manning as a senior project. The Daily Courier reports and quickly gained traction among students because they're a bunch of little morons, resulting in a majority of them signing a petition asking Prescott to implement the idea. Prescott College offers an experimental, interdisciplinary education that teaches our students how to make the change they want to see in the world. Oh, so this is a, a, a social engineering school that teaches these little students how to manipulate people to go along with their crackpot ideas. Wow, great. We are very proud of the way one student found a cause they cared about and rallied support from their fellow students to help someone in need. Well, you know what? Why don't... I? You know, I think the government ought to start making a mandatory fee on everybody's income tax. Call it the... I don't know. I know. Let's be misogynist, shall we? Let's call it the Victim Raper Fund, where we give rapists money because, you know, they're in jail and they're having a hard time because, well, nobody likes a rapist. So, you know, let's start a fund, make it mandatory, and you're going to pay for it whether you like it or not, and you can send money to rapists in prison so they have a little more comfortable time, so they have money for commissary and things like that. What do you say, folks? Hey, how, how about it, girls? You like that idea, do you? Because you know what? These illegal aliens are akin to a rapist because that's what they're doing to this country. That's what they're doing to your children's future. They are raping it. But, hey, they ain't doing it alone, all right? Don't ever forget that. Because my purpose is really not to get any anger towards the illegal alien. Because, you know what, the fact is, if you or I were in the same situation that these illegal aliens were at in their country, we would have probably come to the United States, too. And, hey, why wouldn't you? Let's see. Hey, how's dinner coming, Chiquita? Oh, well, I don't know. As soon as I pour some gasoline on these tires over here, we'll get this fired right up. You just go sit in the corrugated metal shack that we call a house, and uh, you, you wait for dinner there. And, uh, hey, by the way, Juan, don't, don't inhale too much when I get this thing going, okay? And then you have the... United States federal government say, hey, look over here. We got free housing. We got free education. We got free medical. We got free food. We got free money. Hey, come on down. Oh, are you going to say, well, I would, but, well, that just wouldn't be right. So, no, 
I'm staying here with the burning tires and the corrugated metal shack, and I'll stay here, and I'll do the right thing. Really? I don't think most of you would do that. Most of you would saddle up and come to the United States just like 40 million other illegal aliens. They're taking advantage of something that our government, that's supposed to be there for our benefit, okay? That's what they're doing. They created this situation. They are making it worse. They are encouraging these people to come here. Not just encouraging. They're rewarding them with benefits to come here. So, yeah, okay, they're breaking the law and they got to go. But you know what? This is not their doing. This is not their fault. You want to see whose fault it is. You start looking at Washington, D.C. And, folks, that goes for almost every problem we have in this country. You want to start blaming somebody? Hey, black community, you want to start blaming somebody because you don't think you're getting what you should be getting? And you know what? You're probably not getting what you ought to be getting. Don't look to me just because I got something you don't have. It's not my fault you don't have anything. You want to blame somebody, you turn your eyes towards Washington, D.C., and you start looking at those creeps there. They're the ones that did this to you. They're the ones that ruined your whole community. They're the ones that destroyed what culture you had. They are your enemy, not me. That doesn't mean you come my way starting to cause trouble. I won't put you down like a beast, because I will. But I got nothing really that personally against you. Not yet, anyway. Because I know you're ignorant. Most of America's ignorant. The white people of America are ignorant. They're still blaming this and blaming that. The, you know, the, the communists are blaming the conservatives. The conservatives are blaming the communists. Oh, it's those liberals. It's those, it's those conservatives. It's that Donald Trump. It's those blacks. It's those Mexicans. It's the, No, it's those pieces of garbage that call themselves your representative and your senator and your president and your Supreme Court justices and every stinking bureaucrat in every stinking agency in Washington, D.C. That's whose fault it is. That's who the enemy is of everybody out here. Unless you're one of the point one percenters. They are your enemy. And if you are one of those one percenters or point one percenters, well, then you're pretty happy because you got the government all locked up and they're doing your bidding for you. We need, as a country, as a people, to start identifying who the real enemy is around here. We can throw rocks at each other later once we get rid of our common enemy. Yeah, yep, somebody says, don't forget your state and local government, too. But you know what? Your state and local governments will dry up and blow away as far as the corruption goes once the federal government is gone. Because you know what? Your state, my state, your state, all of them, there might be one or two that this doesn't apply to. But most of the states, if tomorrow something happened and, uh, oh, hey, guess what? Your state is not getting any more federal funding. None. You realize how many people they'd have to lay off? You realize how many services they would have to cut? 
from the police to the welfare office to the uh, oh to the code enforcement guys. Yeah, we really miss them, won't we? The thing is, you get rid of the federal government, you've gotten rid of about 70% of our problems. And yeah, okay, there's 30% left. But you know what? That's not that bad. It's the money. It's the federal government. It's just like the corporations and the .1%ers, the bankers to start. Now they've grown their ranks through the corporations. They got so rich that they started buying the government. And the government, in turn, in Washington, D.C., went around and bought all the state governments. And the state uses that money to pay off the county governments. And the county governments use that money to go pay off the city governments. You cut that money off at the top, 70% of your problems with government go away. I'm serious. All right, let's see here. Yeah, it's probably nothing. Nothing to worry about, nothing to see, don't worry about it. But truck orders plunge 37% as unsold inventory soar most since 2007. Now remember, the Baltic Dry Goods Index, okay? Don't forget about that because this, you know, these things, these numbers are all released in a staggered sense. So you don't really don't, it's tough for you to get the whole picture because you see, oh, the Baltic Dry Index is at its lowest point since it's been be, being recorded. Oh, boy. Okay, so then, oh, then we got to think about Trump. We got to think about the elections. We got to think about Hillary Clinton's a criminal and being investigated. Where's the FBI? Where? Oh, what'd they do with that iPhone? Blah, 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 for two weeks. And then, hey, 37% decrease in truck orders. Well, a lot of people read these independently without saying, oh, well, now, wait a minute, that goes on top of the dry index. Uh-oh. When we last looked at order of heavier Class 8 truck one quarter ago, that all-important forward-looking barometer of domestic trade, we said that even with 2015 in the history books, as we start 2016, where the base effect was supposed to make the annual comps far more palatable, the latest January data as abysmal. The drop continues to be one of the great recession, uh, one of great recession proportions, manifesting in yet another massive 48% collapse in truck orders in the first month of the year, as demand appears to have gone into a state of deep hibernation. Boy, that's a nice way of saying. Everybody's credit's tapped out. Nobody has any savings. Their paycheck is just, you know, hand to mouth. They're barely getting through. They can't buy extra things. So, hey, guess what? Truck orders are down. Oh, but it's probably nothing, huh? Don't worry about it. The stock market's doing good. That's all that matters, isn't it? I mean, we don't have to have a real economy. We don't have to have sell anything or produce anything or buy anything, do we? No, as long as the stock market's good, we're all great. Yeah, well, let's see how that works out. With Bernie Sanders, now listen to this, winning seven of the last eight delegate battles. You realize that? Bernie Sanders has beat Hillary Clinton in the last seven of the last in seven of the last eight primaries or caucuses. How is he so far behind when he keeps beating her? 
I mean, God, Ted Cruz has won a few states here and there. And they're like, oh, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz could really do it. Oh, yeah, he's got a real chance. <laughs> Bernie Sanders has won more states than Ted Cruz. And they're like, ah, he has no chance. It's Hillary all the way. How does that work? The most recent was Tuesday night's Wisconsin victory. Uh, let's see here. Uh, because this is saying here about the Panama Papers could really end Hillary Clinton's campaign. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, let's see here. Ah, then there's the matter of the Panama Papers, because they go through Sanders this and Sanders that. In case you haven't heard about them, uh, it's the uh, biggest data leak in history. For the last year, 400 journalists have been secretly decoding 11.5 million documents. Yes, yeah, secretly, because George Soros' firm is the, is the one that was in charge of that. Okay? Now it's opened up a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, that, that's who's doing it. So, you know, you're only going to get the information that George Soros wants you to have, which uh, probably isn't what we need. But what we need is to uh, call it a day here and uh, move aside so financial survival can come on. I will not be here at 8 p.m., but this show will be replayed. So, uh, you know, if you missed it in the uh, now, which you wouldn't be listening, you can listen to it then. So whether you're listening at 8 p.m. or at noon Pacific, thanks for listening and stay tuned. we got a full day coming up. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. 
If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adesk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Friday, April 8th, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Oh, it's Friday and uh, April 8th and uh, another week until everyone has to have their taxes completed unless you file extensions. And uh, uh, so just a reminder there, folks, and uh, gold uh, couldn't extend its gain from yesterday. It tried, but we're looking at 1240 today, 1240, down just a few cents on the uh, New York spot price. Silver was up 13, though, today at 1547. Palladium was up 10 at 971. And we have palladium up three at $543. The USDX today is trading, was a little bit stronger earlier in the day, but that reverse, 0.28 at 94.21. Crude oil had, crude oil had a good day today, up 2.25. I'm not quite sure what the reason behind that is, but... Uh, I think things in Syria are beginning to heat heat up a little bit more. Um, They they took those uh, hostages, uh, you know, 300 of them at that cement factory yesterday. And um, um, I think they assassinated half of them, I believe. And um, so... Um, there's other things going on in Syria, so um, I'm, I don't think that ceasefire or that uh, whatever's going on uh, with uh, uh, is going to remain uh, in place much longer. But we'll just have to see how that bears out. And the stock market didn't bear out very well today. It was up most of the day, triple digits, and uh, but the Dow did manage uh, 35 points to uh, the up. Upside, 17,576. The NASDAQ was up two at 48.50. The S&P was up five at 2,047. 10-year yield, now that did come up a little bit today, 0.03, not by much, 1.72%. 
and the euro is still holding the, his gain or that gain at 1.14%. Um, the gap um, that fell out of bed today that was down 14% um, as one of the uh, most uh, traded stocks today, down 14% at 2384. And uh, not a lot of talk about uh, Japan and the uh, European markets. So, for the first time in a very long time, Al, yeah. the price of mailing a letter is going to fall for the first time in nearly a century. I think it was 1919 um, that the price of a postage stamp is dropping. Now, the United States Postal Office is not very happy about it. Uh, it's dropping from $0.49 cents to $0.47, cents, and it's going to cost $2 billion this year. And um, they're asking that to keep it the same. They're asking to change the rate-setting process uh, so that they can have steeper rate hikes in the future. Um, certainly, I believe they've lost... Uh, $5.1 billion in the most recent year uh, when you start accounting for their future expenses like their pension costs because they have to prepay those. And um, um, so it kind of makes you wonder why are they cutting, <laughs> um, except that they have to after they were allowed to increase it uh, back uh, right after the uh, Great Recession when the USPS uh, their losses were getting much worse due to businesses that were cutting back on mailing. So in order to make up for the shortfall, it got permission to increase rates in 2014, which was quite a ways away from the Great Recession, but this is what they tell us. Uh, they were able to raise it by $0.03 cents to that $0.49. Cents. And uh, um, so the last time that there was a decrease in the price of postage was July 1919. When the when stamp prices dropped from three cents to two cents, and this is only the third price decrease on record, going all the way back to the Civil War. Well, I think President Obama has finally established his legacy. <laughs> He'll go down in history as the president who actually cut the postage rate by two cents per letter. Hmm. So we'll wait and see how long that lasts. And, and what they do is when they, I mean, registered and insured mailings, those prices have just skyrocketed. Um, I mean, it, it's amazing how high those prices are. You know, you know it really is interesting from, from that perspective. I wonder, I wonder how many letters they actually send anymore that are, that are, Subject to, they were subject to 49 cent postage, and now they're going to be subject to 47 cents. I mean, mom doesn't write to the kids while they're away at school anymore. I know there's other, there's, there's business mail and the rest of it, but I think they're on permits. Um, I bet, I kind of wonder if most of their money's not coming out of the, you know, the oh, two, day, sure two day uh, mail and, uh, you know, uh, registered and, and so on. Um, Maybe these, this, maybe nobody's sending mail anymore. You know, I, I don't mean no one, of course. I don't mean nobody, but maybe it's down a eh, big deal too. But they did say it was. They expected it would cost them 
How much money altogether did two they billion, say? Two billion, two billion dollars, two billion dollars. When they've already lost it, a five billion net loss for the most recent year. So, you know, it, it is not good. I mean, they're going to have to make that up somewhere. Even if they keep the losses of $5 billion, they, they have to do something with that $2 billion. What will happen is they'll get their new rate increase, and then it'll go from, you know, $0.47 cents up to, you know, 53 <laughs> So, you know, it's just like... Yeah, it certainly makes you wonder. It's one of those things where you instantly say, what are these people up to? This is this is a trap, Melody. Well, it's kind of like what the Federal Reserve is doing with their interest rates. Well, we're going to raise them, so if we get in trouble, we can drop them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, but they do. The prices on registered and short, even their flat rate, you know, they used to have some nice size boxes for their flat rate. Well, you know, the boxes got smaller and smaller because you could flat rate a box no matter what you put in and no matter the weight. You know, you just got the flat rate box. So um, they use the flat rate. We use the flat rate boxes when we send registered and insured. But once you tack on that registered and insured shipping uh, and the weight for silver, I mean, it's, you know, know, uh, uh, one of the the least expensive boxes is, you know, probably around $21, $22. That's where it starts. And that's just for like a tube of silver eagles. Um, So... It's 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 uh it's very expensive. Got something here from Casey Daily Dispatch. Uh an article entitled Move Your Money Underground Before Global Bank Runs Begin. Uh it's getting harder to pull your money out of the bank. JP Morgan Chase recently made a, a major change to how it handles cash. Non customers can now only withdraw one thousand dollars a day from J.P. Morgan Chase ATMs. Mm-hmm. The change applies to 18,000 ATMs uh, nationwide. This begs the question, do you really own the money in your bank? If so, why can a bank say no when you ask for it? Huh? But the truth of the matter is, the answer to the question is no, you don't own the currency that's in the bank. All right? Um, I've been saying so for years, 15 anyway, that you don't even own the money in your wallet. Yeah. Can I prove it? Yes, I can. It's logical and it's obvious if you care to consider it. Suppose I loaned a car to my friend Bob and let him drive it around for the next six months. Everyone would start to say that's Bob's car. But because I loaned the car to Bob, in truth, it would still be my car, okay? I would be the owner of the vehicle while Bob was merely using it. And in fact, I could take that car back from Bob anytime I wanted. I could stop over when he's, he could be in the bar getting drunk, and I could pull up, uh, get a friend to drive me down there, take my spare keys, start up the car, And Bob, when he comes out, the car is gone. Has it been stolen? No, because I own the car. I loaned it to Bob, which means I still own it. Bob gets to use it, but I own it. Now apply that same principle of lending automobiles to the fact that virtually all modern fiat currency is loaned into circulation. How do those $100 bills in your wallet get there? 
And the answer is initially the Federal Reserve loaned them into circulation. Right? That means whoever loaned the green pieces of paper in your wallet still own it. All right? Even if it's in your bank account or your wallet, you don't own that currency because it was loaned into circulation. Historically, what the government used to do, they'd coin money. People would go out and find gold. They'd find silver. They'd bring the ore to the mint. The mint would assay the ore. They'd melt it down into little disks, one-ounce disks, and then they'd hit it with a machine that would put an impression on it, and it would be coined. Right, And it would be essentially certified. It was the government's way of certifying that this is one ounce of gold. Mm -hmm. There were some other alloys in there, but one ounce of pure gold plus some alloys. If I were a miner, if I were a prospector, I find some gold, I take it to the mint, and the mint charges me something to turn it into coins, and then they give it back. It's my gold, and I can spend it however I like. And when you had some of that gold, you could spend it however you liked. You owned the gold. We own, we the people own the gold. Government came in and said, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to help you. We're here to help you. And we're going to set up a system where instead of using that nasty old gold, we're going to use paper. And it'll be just pretty colors and, 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 and interesting anti-counterfeiting measures and so on. But here's the problem. All of these interesting green pieces of paper are loaned into circulation, which means you get to use them, but you don't own them, which is one of the reasons and probably the principal reason why the government can seize money in the bank accounts. It's not really your money. Banks are essentially agencies of the federal government. The government says, take our money back. Bank is going to do that. It's not yours. You understand? Um, it may even, I won't go so far as to say this is true, but I strongly suspect it's true. It may also have a lot to do with why you have to pay income tax. You're using someone else's currency. You don't own the currency that you're being paid in, that you're using to pay your rent, pay your mortgage, and buy yourself a new flat screen TV, computer, car, whatever. You're using someone else's currency in the same sense that my friend Bob was using my car that I loaned him. It's only fair that maybe I charge Bob. Yeah, I'll loan you the car, but I still want 50 bucks a day. How about that? Hmm? For lending, car costs a lot of money. It's worth it. Bob should be paying me. Why? Because it's my car. Same thing with this with your currency. This is an important point for people to understand. It is loaned into circulation. It used to be it was spent into circulation or it was made privately and merely coined, certified that this was a legitimate one else. But it was not loaned into circulation. The stuff we have today is loaned into circulation. You don't own it. Government can take it whenever they want. It's part of the reason why they control how much currency you get to handle. Why? It's not yours. They control how much currency you can withdraw from your bank. Why? It's not yours. All right? So, Casey Dispatch, they pose the musical question. The big This begs the question, do you really own the money in your bank? <laughs> if so, why can a bank say no when you ask for it? And the answer is no, you don't. You don't own it. 
You don't know again, you don't even own the money in your wallet. And there are legal implications of this that are fantastic, and I'm not going to get into them today. But uh, in any case, Mr. Casey, we do not own the currency in our wallet or our bank accounts, and therefore it's subject to being taken by whoever loaned it into circulation in the first place. They own it. What's next, Melody? Well, the American Silver Eagle for this year so far have sold almost 16 million Silver Eagles mm-hmm. in three months and basically one week here in April. Um, if it stays to the tune of these numbers, you're looking at about 60 million, million one-ounce Silver Eagles for the year if it stays on track. Uh, what we've seen in the first three months. And that's exceeding, you know, the record of last year by 15 million. I mean, once we get a little bit further into that's the year, big, well, it's huge, big... huge. We're 4 million more than we were last year about this time. So, I mean, there's been an incredible demand for American Silver Eagles. And uh, it, there's no, I mean, this it's not even, Silver's, Silver Eagles aren't even taking a breather this year uh, from the uh, first uh, month where January sold almost $6 million. A little distortion because of January, I mean, because of December and the, the changeover from year to year. But uh, both February and March did extremely well with February at $4.7 million and March at $4.1 million. So um, it's exciting. It's exciting. There, there's, yeah, you know, there's a huge demand for silver. And the big question yeah. is, well, if there's such a big demand, then why isn't the price of silver rising? Well, because the availability is there. Um, you know, there's no bottleneck in receiving silver eagles. There's no premiums have dropped. People are taking advantage of the, the premiums on Silver Eagles because we don't have that bottleneck that we had at the end of uh, uh, 2015 that we have in every year. And even last year in July and August, we had a huge bottleneck that pushes prices up. Um, but it'll happen again. The, the prices will rise. The fundamentals are there. And um, you just have to be patient. You know, one of the things that's interesting to me about this is it's happening pretty much the same time while the government is trying to get rid of cash. People are getting more silver coins at the same time government's trying to get rid of cash. I wonder how many people are buying the silver coins simply because they anticipate the cash will disappear, and in order to maintain privacy in transactions, maybe they'll try to proceed with silver. Let's take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. Aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. 
Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the3w's.thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and the program's brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188. What's next, Melody? As every day, I'm going to remind the listeners to visit our website, dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. Make sure you sign up for a weekly newsletter. And, of course, we've got some great uh, specials going on here at Discount Gold and Silver. If you want to add some Silver Eagles uh, to your portfolio, we got some great buys on them, very low premiums um, on our Silver Eagles. And... Uh, if you want to be part of that uh, $60 million for the year of 2016, let's see if we – it would be fantastic. Uh, it would be something that uh, uh, certainly would be discussed. And uh, I think eventually 
folks are going to need it in your portfolio. And we talk about it all the time, and we're not going to go into it uh, right now. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about the U.S. economy. But uh, um, we got some, you know, if you need to accumulate to your portfolio, as you can accumulate, uh, uh, now's the time to get them at these low prices, and these still are low prices for both gold and silver. Got an article from CNN Money. The headline's Red Flag. U.S. economy may have hit the pause button. All right, it says economists have dramatically cut their forecasts for U.S. economic growth in the first quarter of 2016. Falling car sales, equipment purchases by businesses, and a downward revision to consumer spending have darkened the view. The Atlanta Federal Reserve's forecast for the first quarter uh, growth is now four-tenths of a percent, a massive dial-down from two-and-a-half percent that they forecast in mid-February. All right, we've gone from mid-February to mid-March, and, uh, you know, we're, we... We're into April, but we're really talking about a month and a half, and their forecast has fallen from 2.5% to four-tenths of a percent. That's, that's a sixth. Huh? They, are, they, are, they're pro, they're, they are calculating that the, the forecast from mid-February has, been, has declined by five-sixths. <laughs> Bank of America's economists recently cut their forecast. What happened here? I just lost something for a second. Um, from 2% to 6 tenths of a percent. All right, Wells Fargo slashed estimates from 1.4% to one-tenth of a percent, which is next to nothing. In March, total car sales fell by 1 million to 16.9 million, dimming hopes that consumers were starting to spend. Small business optimism has hit the lowest point in two years, and American manufacturers are facing headwinds from the weak global economy. Earlier this year, fears of a U.S. recession grew, only to die down by mid-February and March. Those fears may now be ratcheting up again, as consumers and business owners seem to be in a pause mode before opening up their purse strings. What do you think, Melody? Are we... Is we is or is we ain't on the verge of another bout of admitted recession? <laughs> the key there is admitted yeah. recession. <laughs> we've never came out of the ones that we've had probably for, you know, 30 years. But, uh, hey, you know, it's, it's make-believe. You know, it's like being a little kid again. We can make believe that things are good. We can make believe that uh, uh, we, you know, and, uh, you know, if you want to play the game and, and – uh, think that things are better and hopefully they're better for for some and for many but uh uh, i think as a nation as a whole yeah we don't have um you know it's not the fairy tale um that you know that we were you know that was spoken of when we were children now you know when we were kids and uh a lot of dreams and um People certainly have found it much harder um, to to make a living. There's economists. Uh, I mean, heck, they've al- they're already shaving off a forecast of uh, on the weak growth um, from what a week ago to to today. I mean, earlier in the week they uh, were looking at a uh, um, a little bit higher number. I think of a, a, a 0.4% estimate earlier in the week. Uh, the Atlantic the Atlanta Fed GDP 
Um, J JP Morgan economists are now forecasting the economy only expanded by 0.2% in the first quarter. So, so we don't know for a fact what's happened in the first quarter. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, they, we, and they, when they, will we know for a fact, Melody? For a fact, when will we know? July. We, mm, no, <laughs> after, not that soon. After they revise it after three times, Probably then we'll you, know. <laughs> when you see St. Peter, you could ask him, and he's, oh, yeah, those, those people lie, lie, lied. Um, <laughs> well, actually, it's the if first... you want to know what it really was, first part, here's what it really was. St. Peter will tell us, I don't think we'll get the truth. Will we get the truth in this life? Uh, the first GDP number actually comes out later on in this month, uh, about the you know the end of the the month. I think around April 28th, and of course they can revise it down. Um, and uh, according to a CNBC study, the average error rate since 1990 in government quarterly GDP reports was plus or minus 1.3 percent. So, you know, so you know whatever the number they can come out. It could be high, it could be lower. I mean, it's really ridiculous because you have so many things that are based on, you know, these numbers. People uh, invest, and uh, you know, you know, if you believe it's true, um, I'm so sure. So, what does that tell you that you should be doing if you're investing? You, you do the opposite of what they tell you. <laughs> well, I don't know necessarily if that's necessarily true, but it probably is. Well, I'm going with it as this: the truth of the matter is. None of us can really count on the numbers that are produced on a regular basis short term. What did we hear for the numbers for today? What did we hear for the numbers for this week? What have we heard for the numbers for the first quarter? Or what are we anticipating for the next quarter? <clears throat> because these numbers have been frequently falsified, and it appears to many that the this isn't just a mistake. This has been done intentionally in order to create a rosier picture than may in fact be reality. What you want to do, you want to, instead of responding to the rumor du jour or the fictional unemployment rate today, oh my gosh, look what happened to the unemployment rate. I don't know what did happen to it. We don't really know what happened to it. And I'm not sure when we're going to find out, which takes us back. What if you can't you can't look at these day-to-day -day numbers exactly and rely on them to make investment decisions? They are something you should consider. I'm not saying they shouldn't be considered, but if there's any doubt in your mind, you want to look at fundamentals. What are the fundamentals telling you? And you have to take a longer-term view on your investments because what's happening today and and tomorrow and Monday and so on, there is a just just a surprising amount of volatility. I mean, what does what does it prove that today the the price of gold went down a few cents? What's it prove? Anything? What does it prove that it went up? What was it? Thirteen bucks yesterday? Cool. Um, went down nine before, up ten or eleven the day before that. It's up and down like a like a uh, yo-yo. So what can you do in an environment where fundamentals dominate? And the reason for the fundamentals is not clear. Excuse me. 
not fundamentals dominate, where day-to-day prices are dominating, and the reason for those price changes are not clear. What do you do? You're going to take a longer-term view. You have to sit back and realize, hmm, this week was interesting. What's it prove? Well, that's exactly what... That's exactly what I talked about yesterday. Um, when you look at the fundamentals, and you want a long-term investments. If you want to speculate and, and and keep part of your funds and be diversified, that's fine. Uh, but get it insured. You know, bring bring some. Uh, you know, so when it fluctuates, you have something that's it's like a seesaw effect where you get the seesaw effect. And I'm not talking on a day-to-day basis, but over a period of time, you get that seesaw effect. And that's what protects you. And that's what people don't understand, why they don't want to be heavy all in paper. And you have to understand what exactly is balancing, you know, your seesaw, your portfolio. You know, I mean, yeah, having all paper is not balancing your portfolio. Um, Having uh, oil... Having you know mining shares and oil shares and you know maybe pharmaceuticals and all in your portfolio, it's not balancing your portfolio. You might have different investments, but it doesn't balance your portfolio. So um, uh, there, there's lessons, and people have to pay attention. Um, we talked about pension plans, and we were talking about uh, you know how rules change for uh, corporate pension uh, plans. Uh, since 2014 uh, that was written into the transportation bill and uh, some of those changes expire this year so it'll be interesting to see what effects it has uh, when it comes to these uh, corporations reporting their uh, underfunded liabilities on these pension plans Um, so because you will see a difference Um, so you know we'll follow that story and keep you posted as we you know as, as we can find you know I mean and I actually got, I actually went back to look for some uh, you know pension news and so forth and whatnot. I'll tell you what things they, to find the information anymore. Everything I was finding it was like from the '90s and early or you know the early years of 2000. It was like, and they really have suppressed the numbers to find these reports, uh, to, to, to dig around. Um, it, it's, it, there is a big difference in what you can find even on the Internet uh, um, than what you could, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Well, I don't have a comment for that, but I do have one for balancing my portfolio, Melody. I try to get half of my paper debt instruments are printed in black ink and half are printed in dark blue. Does that, does that constitute balancing? In your mind, probably. Mm-hmm. Got another one for you. You know, people get into the speculation, and we can talk about the difference between speculators and investors. And the fundamental idea is investors are in it for the long haul. All right, speculators are in it for how much can I make this afternoon? I got a stock tip. You understand? I can get into General Motors today, and it's going to go up 25 cents per share, and I'll be able to clean out. I'll be able to clean up by the end of the day. I make 25 cents on every share I bought. If I bought, you know, 100,000 shares, blah blah blah, make a lot of money, have enough money to take a vacation, whatever. That's speculation. If short-term investing is speculation, long-term, long-term. 
investing is, in fact, investing. All right. And in long term, it's going to be based on fundamentals or speculation is moving according. What's the market doing right now? What's the market doing right now? Long term says, what are the fundamentals? One of the reasons, the reason I bring that up, remind, we've said it a hundred times probably in this program. I don't know if we've said it that many, but we have. But <clears throat> another story I've told on this program, an anecdote, um, a number of times. But back in the 50s, maybe the early 60s, but I was no more than in high school, and I remember this clearly, read an article that explained they did they did a survey on hardcore gamblers, people who were who were habitual gamblers, and they set up a casino, and they would bring people in, and they could play slot machines and roulette wheels and whatever. They had most of the games that you can find in a in a, uh, a casino in Las Vegas. And what they did is they changed they could change the rate of winning on these games. You could start pulling on that one-armed bandit, and maybe you could make a nickel for every dollar you put in there, or they could adjust the payout rate where instead you're, you were make you were winning. You're actually winning on the machine. Uh, and, and what they discovered is that the hardcore gamblers, once they started winning on a regular basis, they lost interest in the game and they quit. And there was a profound lesson in that that I understood then. This is 50 years ago. The gamblers play to lose. Not absolutely all of them, but most of them are playing to lose. Now, the same thing strikes me as true with the stock market speculators. They're essentially involved in gambling. They're betting what they're, they're because it's short term. They're betting what's the next card going to come up. Is it going to be a jack or a, an ace, a, a spade, or a club? They're betting on that next turn of the card. And if they would bet right, they can make a lot of money. And it, if they do, it makes them extraordinarily enthusiastic. Oh my God! Did you see how much money I made? I can do this again. I can do it again. And they they will bet and they'll bet and they're like a guy who's 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 shooting craps, and he's rolled seven six times in a row. And he knows, <laughs> he knows he can do it seven times in a row. Well, sooner or later he gets to that roll where he can't, and then it's all lost. And my, the point behind this, there's a lesson here, or at least an implication. People who speculate are gambling. People who gamble are playing to lose. Investors are playing to win, all right? Take a look at the fundamentals, take a long-term perspective, and be prepared to sit down and hang on to whatever you've invested in. Hold on tight. We're going to take a break for some more commercial announcements, and Melody and I will return in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? 
Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adesky with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. Here's an interesting article from the Washington Times, and it goes to values and what's happening in the world. You know, some people, I suppose every generation, complains that the newer generations don't have the same sense of values that we had when we were kids. I don't think there's anything unusual about that, uh, you know, that complaint. I'm, I'm sure that people have been, there were Neanderthals back in the Stone Age. You were in their own ways. And what's wrong with that kid? Yeah, but it was yeah. a lot different when we were the kids. <laughs> but people do have, there's this is a shift in values. And the headline, Washington Times, Pope Francis insists conscience, not just rules, must lead faithful. That's the headline. And what he's saying is you've got to decide for yourself. Your conscience will decide whether or not you should or should not do something. Don't pay. You don't have to be bound up by silly old things like he didn't say this. Like the Bible. But this is, yeah, yeah, like the Bible or the Ten Commandments or something. Like that. that's, that's, that's passe. I mean, this is... <laughs> This report, this is like Father Guido Sarducci. Some of you may remember him from back in the 60s or 70s. He was a comedian, all right? Came across as a Catholic Catholic uh, priest and Father Guido Sarducci. And it's like he shaved his head, got rid of his beard and his sideburns, and uh, now he's Pope Francis. So... 
Pope Guido said Friday that Catholics should look to their own consciences rather than rely exclusively on church rules to negotiate the complexities of sex, marriage, and family life, demanding the church shift emphasis from doctrine to mercy and confronting some of the thorniest issues of the faithful. In a major church document entitled... (laughs) I mean, this is almost too, this just almost too much, but too bizarre. A major church document entitled <laughs> The Joy of Love. I can remember they had a book that was entitled The Joy of Sex. Maybe in the 60s, probably in the 70s. It was radical, The Joy of Sex. Oh my gosh, people were putting it out on their on their their coffee tables or whatever. It was a rat. And here comes the Pope, the joy of love. I don't know. Is that just a coincidence? But in any case, in this document, Pope Francis made no explicit change in church doctrine and upheld church teachings on the lifelong bond of marriage between a man and a woman. But in selectively citing his predecessors, and emphasizing his own teachings in strategically placed footnotes, Pope Francis made innovative openings and a pastoral practice for Catholics who civilly remarry. Right? What is an innovative opening? Well, <laughs> it's a violation of the Bible. It says, oh, wait, we got ten commandments? We got an eleventh, maybe a twelfth coming to you, you know? Um, and signaled that he wants nothing short of a revolution in the way priests guide ordinary Catholics in their spiritual life. He said the church must no longer sit in judgment and throw stones at those who fail to live up to the gospel's ideals of perfection in marriage and family life. So we've got a little bit of, if it feels good, do it here. Uh, uh, The article continues, he says, on thorny issues such as contraception, Francis stressed that a couple's individual conscience, educated in church teaching, and not just dogmatic rules imposed on them across the board from above, from above as in from God, must guide their decisions and the church's pastoral practice. I'm not Catholic, but I've respected the Catholics for having a system of values that they were willing to stand up for. I didn't want to be Catholic and the rest of that, but I recognize these people had a pretty strict code. Not all of them, but most of them. They seem to have something, you know. Um, now, Pope Guido's new innovations seem to say, if it really feels good, I don't mean if it's just kidding, if it really, really feels good, then what the heck? Why not? Let's do it. And in doing so, the Catholic faith appears to be losing some of its values. And it seems to be devolving from a strict church into something that's more like a permissive frat house. Huh? So what do you think, Melody? Is the Catholic Church, um, is Pope Francis leading them in a good direction here? Or? Oh, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not Catholic, and uh, um, I, when I was a child, my, my father was Catholic, and my brother was baptized Catholic, um, but I was not. Um, the archbishop, who leads 2.3 million Catholics in Chicago, he praised the document as liberating. Well, that it is. 
Yeah, I know. And uh, but he also but he said the Pope was calling pastors and believers to an adult spirituality and an adult. I mean, it's it's. But this is just part of signs of the times. Um, April nineteenth. Uh, in New York, Times Square. I think I sent you the information. And in London, they're worshiping. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The, yeah. the, the portals to yeah. the Temple of Baal. Yeah. Um, and it's allegedly happening in a number of cities. Well, two that I know of. No, I it's mean, allegedly a couple dozen where this well, is time, where this is allegedly happening. Well, I don't they're going to set up portals that are copied after the entrance to a temple of Baal, uh, which is anti-Christian, anti-God, um, arguably satanic. They're allegedly going to be set up in a number of cities in the next little April while. 19th. April 19th. April 19th. And it's all going to happen at the same time. I, I mean, it's not, it's not the, you know, the, the, the time differences and so forth. Oh, well, London's going to do theirs at, you know, 12 noon and the, the New York will do. No, it's, it's, it's a coordinated. And it's, so when you put all this together, it's. And it's hard for people to understand and it's hard to believe unless you are part of whatever movement is putting the Baal temple doors up, you know. There was there was a documentary years ago about life on one of the islands out in the Pacific where well, they've they've studied evolution for for a long Charles Darwin Easter Island no maybe not Easter Island I can't th- I can't think of the name of the the island in the Pacific but they have lizards and they have birds and the birds lay eggs and they have a rookery where all the birds get together and they are all just, everyone has its own nest laying there on the ground and they're all, all of the nests are just precisely spaced where they're just out of reach, where you can't, where guy, where, where a, a bird sitting on the nest can't quite peck at any of the other birds in the adjacent nests. All right. But they're close. Right? These, these nests are close. And if any of the birds cross another bird's territory, Oh, they're all on them, and they're all pecking at this 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 albatross or whatever it is that she's trying to get to his nest and bring some food to the baby birds and the rest of that sort of thing. And all the rest of the birds, bang, 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 peck at it, peck at it, peck at it. <clears throat> they're worried about each other. But whenever they abandon the nest, they step away or whatever, there are lizards that come up and steal the eggs out of the nests, and the birds just sit there and look at them. And, and and they just seem to be saying, well, don't that beat all. Did you see what happened? that lizard just took my eggs? Huh, I'm on that. They spend all of their energy pecking at other birds that should be their friends. And they don't even realize when lizards are coming in, they don't pay no attention. It's, it doesn't disturb them. They could stop the lizards. The lizards just wander around like 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 the invisible man. Well, people are like that. There are things that happen in this world where we're so busy fighting with the with our neighbors and our family members and employees and employers and the rest of that sort of thing. 
we don't really catch what's going on. We don't follow that the lizards, or you could say politicians if you wanted to, or you might say Satanists or shysters or treasonous whores, you got a bunch of different, but the lizards are helping themselves to our eggs. And we're not doing anything to stop it. And it, it seems odd when you see birds that don't bother stopping real lizards out there on the, on the Pacific Islands. But we do the same thing. And it is very strange. It's very hard to understand who your true adversaries are. We are easily motivated to fight with people that really, all they're trying to do is get by. All right? I'm not saying everybody's saintly and the rest of that, but we, we wind up spending too much of our energy fighting with people of another race, another religion, while the lizards are stealing the eggs out of our nests. And it's not, it's partly because we're foolish, it's partly because the lizards are smart enough to give us something to fight with. Mm-hmm. They're patient. Mm-hmm. Federal judge in California has ruled that including a small Christian cross on their official seal of the uh, Los Angeles County is unconstitutional, siding uh, with the civil liberties advocates. You know, this was a decision yesterday. It was a two-year battle, and it was handed down by the U.S. District Judge Christina Snyder. Snyder. And um, so, you know, here's these are just one of those little signs. These are, you know, the, the birds, you know. And uh, um, it's the this. The, the county seal of Los Angeles, it appears on flags, on government buildings across the county, and uh, now they all have to be removed. So where's the people that are fighting to keep this on? Uh, I've given this story. I lived in Missouri in a little town. Um, I think the town, if I remember correctly, was uh, uh, Republic in uh, Missouri. They had the little fish didn't even represent a Christian. It wasn't on there because of the Christian symbol. It was on there because of fishing in the Ozarks. One person viewed it as a religious symbol. And um, one person. Well, we can't have that melody. Nobody fights it, and they had to remove it from, you know, from all the, 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 from the uh, little cities uh, stationary and everything else. It's like they do one little they they do one little they do one little town at a time until they get to the larger towns and um but as you said it's you know these lizards just come in and they change things and everybody else is so busy and we don't understand the significance of it we don't understand the value of some of these changes we see them you know the same way people look at money they just count it We don't really understand the underlying significance and how one little defeat after another little defeat Mm -hmm. after another little defeat, and all of a sudden, you are no longer the nation that you grew up in. You're no longer in the nation that you expected to live in. And people look around and they say, what happened? What happened? What happened is too many of us spent too much time watching Dancing with the Stars and the American Idol and so on. And we're all guilty of it. I'm not, you know, it's a pot calling the kettle black when I'm talking about this, but just the same. We have to find people 
who are willing to stand up and speak out. You don't have to shoot people. You don't have to bomb people. But you do have to stand up, show up, and speak out in favor of whatever values you think are appropriate for you and your family. And all all we ever seem to see are dissidents, minorities, new immigrants. They're willing to stand up and fight for what they want in this country. Why won't... The people who were born here live here. Why won't we fight for the... And the answer is we've been conditioned not to. We've been taught and we've believed so many things that, oh, it's a hate speech. If, if you're white and you're Christian and you stand up and say something, that's hate speech. No, it's not. It's not about what you hate. It's about what you love. You know, love and hate, two sides of the same coin. When they say that you can't say things because it's hate speech... What they're really saying is you can't say things because it's love speech. Right? One man's hate is another man's love. Um, and we've lost sight of that, and we allow ourselves to be intimidated by people in positions of power and institutions, and they try to tell us, you know, you can't do that, you can't say that, you can't do a bunch of things. Well, maybe you got to say it. Maybe despite what they would have you believe, it's not only true that you can say, it's true that you must say. We're going to, we're out of time, Melody. Um, And I just want to say, and they've done that to your finances, and they've done that to our money system. mm -hmm. But people do have an option. They can choose, or you can choose to do nothing. All right, folks, we're out of time. I want to thank you all for listening. Melody and I will be back on Monday. Have a good weekend. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, be Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hey, meat eaters, the freeze-dry guy wants to know, does your emergency food supply meet the standards for survival? Then get the 144-day meat variety unit from the freeze-dry guy. Our meat units utilize only quality Mountain House freeze-dried cooked ground chicken and ground beef, the undisputed choice for great taste and highest nutrition. The freeze-dry guy's 144-day meat variety unit includes six number 10 cans of the very best freeze-dried animal protein for power you'll need when the going gets tough. Every meat eater's 144-day meat variety unit
it comes with a free medical kit and always free shipping to the lower 48. Need more than 144 days? See our one-year-plus meat eaters units at freezedryguy.com. And hey, the Freeze Dry Guy still has LRP rations, but they're going fast. Don't wait until tomorrow. Call now, 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-3663. Or go to freezedryguy.com and meet the standards for survival. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men, America's best One hundred men will test today But only three win the Green Beret Trained to live off nature's land Good guys, listening to American Voice Radio, your favorite and your very best place to be, and it's Freedom Call. We've been on for 
years and years, and we've covered a lot of very important news, and prayerfully, we'll keep on reporting the news that you need to understand from behind the veil of national security. There's a lot going on that uh, the networks put out that are just a cover story. They may know more, but for uh, example, uh, there was from the old Special Forces bomb school, Al-Qaeda bomb school in Yemen. You know, there's nobody rigged one of those things that would go off yet. And so here yesterday, uh, the CIA, the FBI, all those good people, counterintelligence, uh, they intercepted an IED, and uh, it was designed, they said, uh, to be on a suicide bomber who was aboard an aircraft headed to America. And the fact that the word had got out that uh, this IED had been intercepted and posed no threat to the flying community was an outrage to the U.S. Congress because it was all supposed to be secret. The CIA... And uh, actually, again, I think somebody is going to get a medal because somebody, again, in the Yemen Al-Qaeda bomb school apparently let go of an IED that posed no threat to anybody. (laughs) And uh, our boys were able to intercept it and uh, do away with it before it uh, got into the drawers or the tennis shoes of somebody who would have 72 Virginians uh, waiting on them uh, once they blew themselves to bits. Uh, That is, if the uh, Special Forces guy gets transferred, who is teaching the Chinese bomb school, and uh, hasn't yet taught them that there's a requirement for a detonator. They had a picture where it showed a little bottle of Petten. Now, Petten is something that is extremely explosive. It is a higher velocity even than C4. Uh, But, again, uh, Petten has to have a detonator, and it has to be in sufficient amounts, and it has to be uh, concealable and all these other things. (laughs) And it's just funny to me that they can't seem to get anything out of Yemen uh, that works. And hallelujah. And obviously they don't listen uh, to American Voice Radio, uh, not Freedom Call anyway, which Uh, shows that uh, this is a very efficiently run United States government bomb school in Yemen. And hey, uh, let's keep it 
that way, that way there is no harm at all. If they and remember these guys that they uh, went over to the Yemen bomb school, and the Yemen bomb school told them they wanted to join Al Qaeda and uh, blow themselves up. They wanted to be martyred, and so Yemen uh, told them, "Say, go back to the United States and blow yourself up." Hey, Yemen says we got enough people, you know, pushing the clacker, and we're running out of Virginians. And some of you have asked me. What is this, Bo? I've heard that it's virgins uh, that the Quran describes. No, let me be specific. Listen, I've read this thing carefully, and I think what happened is uh, when the time Muhammad was putting this down, he was looking for nomads that would fight the pagans that at that time occupied Mecca. And he knew that the threat uh, to anyone who would blow themselves up along with innocent people that just happened to be within the uh, danger zone, the blast radius of these bombs, it was going to be hell to pay. Now, what greater hell could you imagine than to blow yourself up and uh, when you arrive in whatever condition that God allows people who blow themselves to bits, there are 72 Virginians waiting on you. Now, Muhammad knew that this uh, would not be attractive to a recruitment poster. Blow yourselves up in a jihad and uh, go directly to a place where there will be 72 angry, uh, well-armed Virginians uh, ready to take you on. That would not have been popular. That wouldn't have the appeal. So all you got to do just take a little bird dropping. What is the difference in Arabic between virgins and Virginians? Just a little piece of bird dropping on the curly cue. And that's, I think, Muhammad, see, he didn't do anything uh, that was bad. He just, and when he looked at it, he said, well, you know, I'll kind of leave it this way. Uh, it has sort of a ring to it. Die in the old jihad, go right straight uh, to 72 Virginians. Now, actually, what the Quran does say, and this is uh, the truth, the Quran says that if you die fighting a holy war, then you will go straight to heaven and there will be buxomy, doe-eyed women waiting for you. Now, that's what it says. It doesn't have even a connotation that if you blow yourself to bits, this is where they get these Virginians. Everybody knows that there's not 72. What would somebody do with 72 virgins? Good grief. 
And so doesn't it make a lot more sense that God would have said, as long as he was working a sense of humor, and says if these people want to run out there and uh, die fighting a jihad, a holy war, then uh, let's, let's make it, you know, I mean, he had made a promise to Ishmael and Ishmael's people, the Arabs, they weren't linking themselves together, uh, you know, in full promise. And so he said, listen, I'll take uh, Fatima's husband, Muhammad. Fatima's got a lot of camels. Muhammad doesn't have to work for a living. Muhammad, uh, he's on a sojourn. And so uh, we'll give Muhammad uh, something to think about. And he can go up to Medina and spend about 30 days uh, recording it. And I'll put a couple of things in there uh, that uh, I've wanted to say that they didn't get right in the Holy Bible. Now, one of the things were the beautiful verses about the Virgin Mary. The Holy Bible uh, speaks fine of the Virgin Mary, but it doesn't glorify the Virgin Mary the way the Quran does. They have beautiful language in there about her. And accepting a virgin? Well, there's no question. There's not a single Muslim that questions that uh, the Blessed Virgin delivered the Christ child and never had known a man at that time. And they completely have faith that that happened because God... Allah Akbar, God is great. God is that great. If God, they don't even question it. If God wants a woman to have a child without the interference of a man, God is God. I like that. God is that great. That means that Rainbow Bridge is there. God is that great that all of our great companions and pets will be there waiting on us. All we got to do is get through the gate. So it means that we have a life that needs to be lived Christ-like as we can. We need to accept the atonement. We need to be saved. And we get Rainbow Bridge and plus a lot of the stuff that maybe, uh, you know, Gabriel... Uh, that gave uh, Muhammad a uh, a Quran, which uh, has a lot. When you read that Quran, you should read the Quran. There's a lot of things in there that are right. Now, unfortunately, the Muslims cannot pray the way we do to our father. One, they can't uh, call God their father because uh, they say God can have no children, and that means Christ is not his only begotten son. Uh, the father did not plan the work. The son did not work the plan because you can't have children. Why? I mean, God is great. God can give uh, the Virgin Mary the Christ child. Uh, God is that great, Rainbow Bridge. But God can have no children. Well, it seems to me like, you know, they're kind of going against uh, the whole 
premise of their religion. And anyway, the point is, is that uh, buxomy, doe-eyed women shows the humor of Almighty God. People die. Listen, what would be wrong with just intelligent, nice-looking females? What's this buxomy, doe-eyed? What is doe-eyed anyway? Buxomy, we all know what that is. Anyway, that is the way it is said, and uh, I have uh, been trained, and I have been deployed, and I have been uh, to, like, Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi Arabia actually believes that while they accept other, they, they accept black Africans, for example, as Muslims, as being in the Islamic religion. But when you look, Saudi Arabia has all of the uh, honorable sites, Mecca, Medina. And they actually kind of, when they get together, they sort of act like four square Baptists, like maybe they're the only ones in Saudi Arabia. The rest of them can wear a hodge cap if they've been to Mecca and gone around the Kabbalah and this kind of stuff. So I understand them. I appreciate the fact that they're not that far off. They completely accept Christ, just not as the Son of God. And when you quote 2 Corinthians 6.17, which basically says, Come out from them, and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and my daughters. They cannot, uh, they can't abide by that. I don't know why. God is great. But they will say, well, uh, first of all, you're not supposed to have a Bible over there in Saudi Arabia. Only the Quran. And secondly is that you are just ignorant because... Everybody knows that according to the Quran, you cannot have children. So God cannot have children. You can't, God cannot be your father. And I used to, because the Arabs love to argue about anything, rugs, but mainly about religion, because they know the Quran so well. They don't have game boys. And, uh, you know, they on the Ramadan, which it took, um, 30 days for Muhammad to copy the Quran in Medina. So what they do is they study, study, study as children until they've memorized the Quran. So naturally, they want to pit their expertise of memory against, look at how many Christians read the Bible. So how many Christians actually know anything out of the Bible, other than maybe John 3.16? But what they will do is when you face them with the fact that you can pray, how? How did Christ, they accept Christ, how does Christ say that we should pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. They can't accept this. They'll look and say, well, it would be blasphemous, and we would have to take your head off. But you are ignorant. And so, see, if you're ignorant, it means that you're excused. All right. 
I kind of wish it was that simple uh, in the election. But we uh, are having quite a evolving door situation. First of all, we've got uh, Obama, who is evolving in his position on marriage of homosexuals. Because before, he had said that uh, the marriage of a man and a woman was actually what uh, matrimony was defined as. The joining as one of a man and a woman. Now, because he needs the homosexual vote, they ask Obama, and in Virginia, actually North Carolina, North Carolina is where they're voting today to whether or not to ban uh, these uh, gay, uh, gay. How can you say something is gay? Gay is what the great Gadsby was. Remember him, a very gay blade? Now, how can we say that we take a perfectly good word, gay, and we turn it into something that means that you die uh, 10 years at least Uh, in the average, before uh, you're supposed to, that you are the victim of more uh, violent crime than any other slice uh, in the uh, sociopathic uh, pie, and you gain, you have more uh, avenues of severe illness, AIDS, for example, I mean, they call this gay. So let's just call it homosexual. At any rate, North Carolina today is voting on whether or not to ban homosexual unions and so-called same-sex marriage. So Obama was headed to North Carolina. He was supposed to be there giving a speech But when he heard that North Carolina is voting on whether to ban this homosexual marriage and union, because, see, there's a difference. You know, to people who uh, want to sound politically correct, uh, like Romney, uh, what you do is you say, well, uh, and it's kind of like Clinton when he was saying, I did not have sex with that woman, meaning the young intern, Malinsky. And then when he was pinned down with perjury, he said, well, it all depends on how you define the word the. (laughs) So, duh, what is that? We know what English is or we know what American is. And when somebody says, oh, uh, like Romney, I am for uh, the rights of uh, gay unions, but I oppose same-sex marriage. What is this? What is he saying? Well, this is a flip-flop profile where you speak out of both sides of your mouth at once. 
gay unions might say, well, these people are living together as a married couple, but they are same sex, so we can't say they are married, but yet they get all the benefits of married couples, and we want to recognize them with the same rights. Well, so how many different ways have you got of saying the Bill Clinton? By the way, Frank Stephan told me just before we came on the air that Hillary uh, had uh, finally given up. There is an old saying in the military, do not reinforce a failure. And so now Hillary has given up uh, using makeup. And, you know, have you ever seen Madeleine Albright? Uh, remember that attorney general we had? Can you imagine? There was a day uh, when I was uh, on Capitol Hill, and that woman came around the corner uh, at the Hart Senate office building, and she ran flat dab square into a young page that was uh, running with a message to one of the senator's offices, and it sound it actually smelled like somebody had turned over a fish carton in Greece somewhere. And uh, I don't know if that boy, I think the last I heard, they were giving him psychotherapy. But we've got the likes of Madeleine Albright, you know, who suddenly has woken up, and she wrote a book, I Think I'm Jewish. And we've got Clinton, who says that her grandma is Jewish and that she's no longer going to wear makeup. I don't know whether that has anything to do with it. I don't think makeup makes any difference with Hillary Clinton. Anyway, there's a lot of items in the news that you may find interesting, nevertheless confusing, because the way the media presents it to you, it has a denominator of confusion. So when we come back, we'll, we'll straighten it all out so you understand exactly, maybe, where Obama and, is that, see, that Osama or Obama uh, and uh, this guy Mitt Romney, what do you think Romney's going to do? We'll be right back. Stay tuned to Freedom Call on American Voice Radio.
What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Hey, meat eaters, the freeze-dry guy wants to know, does your emergency food supply meet the standards for survival? Then get the 144-day meat variety unit from the freeze-dry guy. Our meat units utilize only quality Mountain House freeze-dried cooked ground chicken and ground beef, the undisputed choice for great taste and highest nutrition. The freeze-dry guy's 144-day meat variety unit includes six number 10 cans of the very best freeze-dried animal protein for power you'll need when the going gets tough. Every meat eater's 144-day meat variety unit comes with a free medical kit and always free shipping to the lower 48. Need more than 144 days? See our one-year-plus meat eaters units at freezedryguy.com. And hey, the Freeze Dry Guy still has LRP rations, but they're going fast. Don't wait until tomorrow. Call now, 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-3663. Or go to freezedryguy.com and meet the standards for survival. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Freedom Call on American Voice Radio. Frank Steffens, the owner-operator. Frank's a 
veteran and uh, is a man who basically allows it to be told the way that it is, and uh, he broadcasts uh, that truth all over this God's great earth. And it is a opportunity for me. Uh, I, I used to have what they would call better coverage. It meant that uh, there was a a organization up in Boston, I think it was called American uh, something, American Talk, Talk America, and uh, they had a big commercial operation. They had about 300 AM, FM stations all across the United States, but there was just uh, a few uh, rules that you couldn't break. One is you could never say God. If you said God, then station managers all over the U.S. would pull the plug on you. I've had them tell me that at conventions. Bo, uh, we uh, like your explanations. You have a unique experience. You have an ability to articulate uh, your points, and sometimes they're interesting, but you cannot say God. I could never figure out uh, exactly why. They said, if you say God, we will pull the plug on you. And uh, Talk America doesn't want you know, the uh, AMFM stations that subscribe uh, to its programming to pull the plug, but we will. And then uh, I, I never listened, but I, I can't talk that way. God is so important to every facet of our life that if you left God out, it would no longer be the truth. If you left God out, I mean, just that name, you don't have to say Yahweh. You don't have to say Jehovah. You don't have to say Elohim. God. Now, Randy Weaver asked me, please don't say God, Bo. That is, in the way I believe, an insult. He said, God has a name. His name is Yahweh. He said, if you say God, that is simply dog spelled backwards. So in those days, I was concerned with saving uh, not especially Weaver and Kevin Harris. They were both uh, over 21. They were uh, young men. But I was interested in saving three little girls, none of them of a majority age, none of them adults. And little Alicia, only 10 months old, even though she was running around like she was 15 months old. And so... I, in order to make progress uh, with getting those little girls safe, uh, I said, you tell me what you want me to say, Weaver. And he said, I want you to call God Yahweh. And he said, I want you to call uh, Christ Yahshua. And I said, all right. And he said, I don't want you uh, to talk about any angels. I don't believe in angels. Now, why, I don't know, because both uh, 
Yahweh and Yeshua, they have nothing against angels. They understand uh, that these angels, one, there was one-third of the hosts of heaven, call them what you will, who opposed God, who were convinced by Lucifer, the light bringer, uh, and followed him as he lost the war that uh, God's angelic army was led by Michael many times. God has sent Michael because he knows Michael has power over Satan. When Lucifer fell to this earth as like lightning, his name became Satan. And Gabriel doesn't have power over Satan. If Gabriel did, he would have been able to gone through and seen Daniel uh, without any problem. Instead, Gabriel confesses to Daniel that it's only because of Michael intervening that I was able to get in to see you in 21 days. And when God uh, wants the body of Moses, he doesn't send Gabriel. He sends his chief archangel, Michael. Daniel is so cute because it's in uh, the book of Jude. Jude is such a small book, it doesn't even have chapters, but it's very important because it gives us a way of turning things over to God that may be in God's will. Michael was there to get the body of Moses. Normally, Satan would put those beings in Sheol. Now, Sheol is not hell. Sheol is not a pleasant place, but if you are a man of sin, then how do you go to God? Because God uh, is not in the presence of sin. And we haven't had the great judgment. And so all of those souls waiting for the Christ, for the new and everlasting and better covenant. Can you imagine the hero's cry, Huzzah! When Christ had fulfilled the feast of Passover, first fruits, unleavened bread, wow! All of a sudden, you see, Christ has the keys to Sheol, and he releases those. Now, where do they go? They go to paradise. Remember, Christ says to the angel, uh, he says to the thief on the cross, one thief belittled him. The other thief said, Master, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Christ said to him, I say to you that before this day is over, you will be with me in paradise. So now with Christ, we 
in paradise. Well, there are some who God has loved to the point where he wanted them with him. And he wanted them now. And, of course, uh, Moses was one of those. And so he sent Michael to get the body of Moses from Satan. Satan was taking Moses when he died. He didn't go into the Holy Land. So Satan takes uh, the body of Moses. He's taking him to Sheol. And Michael says, whoa, release the body of Moses. And Satan says no, because see, normally Satan gets all these bodies and he puts them in Sheol because that's where they are until the Messiah sets them free under the new and everlasting covenant. And it's cute because all Michael says to Satan is, may the Lord rebuke you. Now remember this, because was this a curse? Well, of such, but Michael could have drawn out his sword. He could have threatened. We know that Michael has power over Satan. Satan refuses, just like an ornery, even though you know you have power, even though you know that uh, your enemy is going to have to submit to you, they still sometimes will fight you, won't they? Just out of spite. So you can see Satan saying, no. And you can see Michael, he just looks at him, doesn't draw his sword, This says, may the Lord rebuke you. Well, we know, don't we, that Michael gets Moses. How do we know that? Because Moses dies a long time before Christ's time, doesn't he? And yet, what is one of the two personages. They see Elias, and they see Moses. And that is Peter, James, and John when they were asked to accompany Christ. And there is this beautiful voice of Almighty God, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. And there is Moses, So he's not in Sheol, and Christ has not yet completed the new and everlasting covenant, but yet it shows that Michael did in Jude get Moses' body from Satan by saying, may the Lord rebuke you. And so uh, I have on rare occasion when somebody has been so honorary and so downright evil, you try not to judge them, but when, hey, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, then it may be evil. And so I have said 
May the Lord rebuke you. And at that point, you leave it up to God. And I think that God understands that you, rather than try to take revenge yourself, even as the chief archangel is sent to recover Moses, that God understands and that rather than do something that would be usurping the power of God, Michael says, rather than taking out his sword and saying, either you turn Moses loose or I'm going to cut your arms off, he just says, not anything violent, he's not going to be evil like Satan, he just says, may the Lord rebuke you. Try it. See if it doesn't happen. And by the way, the other, now here's something provocative. Elias is there. And the Peter, James, and John, they want to make a, an altar to Christ, to Elias, and to Moses. But Christ uh, doesn't allow it. And he explains that Elias is actually John the Baptist. Now, I want you to figure this one out. This is very provocative. You're going to have to go against a lot of conventional preaching to to see if you are bound by the lines. If you think the lines are your friends, then you won't be able to see past this. How can someone who is long time dead, one of God's greatest creation, who is swept up in a chariot of gold and fire, whose mantle falls upon Elisha, who is then given twice the faith of Elijah. How can that great prophet actually be there where the Peter, James, and John can see him, and yet Christ says, this is John the Baptist. Think about it. Now, don't put God in a box. God is great. Is God that great? Do you believe Rainbow Bridge? I do. God is that great. It wouldn't be heaven without Rainbow Bridge. And could John the Baptist have been before and been upon earth in the form of a great prophet, Elijah, also called Elias. By the way, I had a new karate uh, student came to my class last night. He said, my name is Elias. And I said, now... Do people call you Eli? And this young man, he's about 13, this young man said, no, they call me Elias. 
<laughs> I love it. But think about, can God, how could this be? Because remember, John the Baptist was in the womb of Elisheba, who was kin to Mary. And remember that when Mary came to see Elizabeth, John the Baptist was six months more mature in the womb than Christ. And that the John the Baptist, the babe, leaped in the womb of Elizabeth. It's one of the sweetest things in the Bible. Because the fetus, John the Baptist, recognized and knew the presence of Yeshua Messiah. Wow. Now just try to sit back and put it together and then conclude God is great. It is a wonderful revelation to understand that will allow you to understand so many more things. Now, figure this, and because this is absolutely crazy, makes no sense at all. The media says that 45% of America is for Romney, 47% is for Obama, uh, plus or minus two uh, points uh, in the poll. In other words, the media is wanting us to think they've got a dead heat going on. So look upon that, and you think, do you believe the media? Do you believe anything that the media has to say? Now, what they are saying is the Republicans are all united because they want to beat Obama. Let me tell you something. The Democrats pray that Mitt Romney will be the candidate because the Democrats know that there are some trump cards that have not yet been played. And if Mitt Romney is the presumed candidate as soon as he is confirmed, it's hallelujah for Barack Hussein Obama. All right, now we got six months until the election. That isn't long at all, is it? 70% of the campaign ads, now only 7% in the last election. That was 2008. Just a few ads were negative. That's because the ads that were negative, the few came out of the GOP, the Grand Old Party, and the Democratic National Convention. But now they're coming out of, thanks to the Supreme Court, they're coming out of these super PACs with a few... It doesn't take many. A few billionaires can run, can buy the presidency. Because with these super PACs, they can buy up all the television, all the ads, 
They can say anything they want. That is why 70% of the ads today are negative. It's all because of the super PACs. Now, the media also, they are uh, going, they're backing up their bet on Romney and Obama being neck and neck, going to have everybody glued to their network news by saying that 50% of Americans support homosexual marriage. I, do you believe that? I don't. Now, North Carolina today votes on whether to ban both gay unions, because you see, this is semantics, and, which is the same thing, same-sex marriages, because it is still a case of states' rights. And Obama was scheduled to be in North Carolina, but Obama fled to New York. He went to Albany, New York, canceled. Can you imagine the president of the United States saying, whoa, turn Air Force One around because he didn't realize, his staff didn't brief him that North Carolina is betting, is voting on homo rights. Homo marriages. I think it's interesting. Because what Obama says to the media now is, get this, that my position on same-sex marriages is evolving. I mean, this is sort of like being a gorilla or a chimpanzee as your great-uncle or your great-grandfather, and now you're evolving, and so your tail is getting shorter? I mean, is that what Obama is telling us? His position on homo marriages is evolving. I think it's very interesting. Anyway, uh, Romney has... uh, his problem, he has said that his definition of marriage is a man and a woman. That's what Romney has said. But Romney has left wiggle room, waffle space, because he said that he supports equal rights uh, for these gay unions. Well, what is it? Romney. Anyway, Romney's plan, they say, uh, is to try to avoid, just like Obama turned the plane around on North Carolina today, and Romney is struggling with immigration because most of the Latinos are uh, against Romney. And for Obama. And so they have said to Romney, you need to have a Latino vice president to try and gain uh, some inroads 
And it probably would help, wouldn't it? What about a female uh, homosexual Latino uh, who has one leg? I mean, can we build a vice president? I mean, when you look at Biden, I mean, there is a custom-made president uh, that would not threaten Obama. And so can you imagine custom-making a little voodoo doll for Mitt Romney? Don't forget there is another person running, Ron Paul, and that there are states whose delegates are holding out for Ron Paul, Maine and Nevada, and let's see what North Carolina does. We still could save America. But it's going to be through little David, not Mitt Romney, certainly not Obama. All right, good guys. So think about some of the things I've said to you. And I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. And uh, another day closer to Mother's Day. I'll be thinking about what you're going to do for good old mom commercially. All right, see you tomorrow. There God bless you. Men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Beret train to live off nature's land, trained in combat hand to hand, men who fight. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
first aid, meds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Shanahan. This is the Condition Critical Show for Tuesday, the 26th day of January 2016. It is five minutes past the hour. And if I haven't already said so, and I don't believe I have, you are listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't often go to the site on my laptop here because I just have the chat room saved. So I just go there and I listen to the players. Uh, I know Frank has been doing some work on the site. I assume it works. <laughs> I haven't checked it out myself. I am in, like I said, I'm in the chat room because uh, I have it saved. So anyway, yeah, go to the site, go to the chat room. There's some folks in the chat room right now. It is a good way to uh, communicate with me if you want to. And uh, I would like to do this every week. I like to post my website. I'd written a few new articles, uh, not this week, uh, but last week. Uh, go ahead and check them out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into maybe the latest one again. I think it's, I think it's important to do so. 
based on everything that is going on here, and let me just post these links first. I got the conditioncriticalshow.com. That is my website. Uh, let's get back. Here is the donate link for the uh, network, this network, American Voice Radio. Nope, that's not the one. Sorry, guys. Let's see here. Try that again. Okay. One second. Okay. For some reason, that's not working. I will get that down in a second. Well, let's just get right into a couple of things. Let's see. What are we going to talk about this week? Well, I know that it might seem like old news, but like I said, just based on some current events, uh, it's, I'm going to talk about it. And what I'm going to talk about this week, at least starting off, is race. That's right. Another conversation about race. As we all know, our former illustrious uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, I call him Eric, them's my people, Holder. He's the one that said we are a nation of cowards because we don't ever want to have a conversation about race or that we need to have more conversations about race. And as I always like to point out, that's all they talk about. And of course, uh, last week you had, and I don't, have they done the Oscars yet? I mean, is that, has the Oscars actually happened and they've given the awards out and all the, all the Nigerians, all the Africans, they, they, they boycotted or whatever. I wonder if that happened. I don't know. I don't watch TV, but you have this hashtag and that's how we communicate. I guess nowadays, everything's a hashtag. And so the latest hashtag is Oscars. So white. And there were a lot of articles leading up to it. And mostly it was just, mostly it was just the press. And honestly, that's what it was. Sure. You had Jada Pinkett Smith and Don Chadle, and you had a couple of those other nitwit uh, Hollywood actors say some things, but even they don't really cross the line because they still want to work in Hollywood. So they'll just, they'll just kind of spout off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Mostly. Mostly it was the press USA today in particular AP, all the big ones, even the local stations out here, King five and, and, and what have you. And the commentators that, that that goes without saying, I gripe about the commentators on the network. I have to listen to for traffic reports endlessly. And there's one show I'll digress for a moment called the, uh, Ron and Don show. It comes on at, I believe 3 PM, uh, out here. And sometimes, you know, on my way to work, I start work at seven o'clock. I'll leave the house about six or so. I'll, I'll tune into the station to catch some traffic reports. And I hear these guys and these two guys are a couple of white guys. And I kid you not, it's, I, I, I could bet money. It's unbelievable. I, I could, I could turn the station on and there, it doesn't matter when I turn it on. Those two nitwits are always going to be talking about how, you know, the blacks are being discriminated against always. It's, it's without fail. Every time I turn it on and it's sure enough, I turned it on the other day and they were talking about, you know, the Oscars and how this was on Friday on my way to work. And they were talking about the Oscars and, and how, you know, even Matt Damon has come out and, and I'll get into Matt Damon a little bit first. Well, just real quick with Matt Damon. I mean, when's the last time you've seen, you know, Matt Damon, he's a, he's, a, he's a fine actor, I guess. And like they say, I don't watch TV. I don't go to that many movies. But he's got some shows or some movies out there that are, that are pretty good. He was famous for the Bourne uh, uh, movies, if, if you recall those. 
where he played Jason Bourne in the books were better, obviously. But the movies weren't so bad. But you know what? Weren't a lot of black people in that movie, those movies. There were three of them. And then there was a follow-up that, I can't think of the guy's name. It wasn't Jason Bourne or it wasn't Matt Damon that played Jason Bourne. It was someone else. It was kind of a precursor. You know what? Not a lot of black guys in that movie either. So, And then, anyway, Matt Damon came out, and so they were talking about him. And they always want to bring up these white actors that – that kind of get on board with it and how the, the, the Oscars need to do more and the Academy needs to do more uh, to uh, increase diversity and, and to get more black people and blah, blah, blah. And it, see, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, why do they need more diversity? Uh, aren't we all the same? You, you have a movie, uh, you're an actor, you either do a good job that people like you or they don't, and that's all there is to it. But like I said, and it's really, this is just, this is really the bottom line when it comes to these blacks. And not just the blacks, it's the, it's the press for whatever reason. Well, obviously they want to have some kind of a race war or something like that. I don't know what their other, I don't know what else their, their ploy could be for pushing what they had pushed. And it seems to, like I said, seems to have faded because I asked to have the Oscars happened yet. But it seems like they want nothing more than to have like this, this race war. Anyway, uh, but see, the, what the blacks want is they want it all. They want all of the awards, top to bottom. And if they don't get them, it not, they don't nominate it as one thing. In fact, it's an insult if they get nominated and don't get uh, picked. Obviously, it's an insult, and obviously it's racist. I mean, forget whether or not they don't even get nominated. They, they don't want that. They just give them the award. And see, that's what I would do. You know, if it were my country, well, if it were my country, there wouldn't be any blacks in my country. There wouldn't be any Mexicans, and there wouldn't be any Jews, and there wouldn't be, it'd just be whites. I'd have a country for white people. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't, wouldn't we be better off? Anyway, I might get into that in a bit. But think about it. Wouldn't we be better? They don't like us anyway. I mean, we're racist anyway. Doesn't matter what we do, we're racist, and we, you know, we hate black people, we hate uh, these the, the poor Mexicans that flood into our country and blah, 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 right? Hey, man, great. We'll go over here. We'll have a country of our own, and you leave us the hell alone. And you go ahead and try and survive on your own. Have you seen Detroit lately? Have you seen any black-run countries lately? Let's take Haiti, for instance. Haiti's been independently black for hundreds of years. In fact, they killed. They, they, they killed during their revolution. I think it was the French. All of them, they just... All of them, they just killed them, murdered them. And now look, that country is, is one of the worst you know, countries politically ever. That's because it's black rule. Now, and see, they can't blame it on whites because it's, well, it's, it's black rule. You remember the, uh, uh, what was it, the earthquake that they had? Oh, this was, this was probably 10 years ago. And it was just a, okay, maybe it was a, a decent earthquake. You know, but L.A. has earthquakes all the time, and, and I've, I've mentioned this before, where they'll have an earthquake, and, you know, they'll have, a, they'll have some structural damage, and maybe a roadway buckles, and, you know, you have a, a couple gas lines break. Well, when, in Haiti, they had the earthquake, and the whole country turned into rubble. You know, all their buildings were about six inches off the ground. You know, and, you know, one would have to wonder, I mean, what, you guys can't design a building? How hard could it be? Even if you're a retard. Even if you're a retard in the modern day, you could, like, say if you were a, a, a leader in Haiti, right, and a building planner, and you didn't really know what the hell you were doing because, well, you're a moron, you could at least say, hey, 
I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? They have earthquakes in the United States. They even have them in China and so forth. Why don't we call them? Somebody in L.A. or somebody in Beijing and say, hey, could you send us some building plans? Because we're, we're idiots. You know, we don't know what we're doing. And maybe if you send us your building plans, maybe we can, you know, piece together a building that won't collapse like a house of cards, you know, when the wind blows. Anyway, I digress. So where was I going? Okay. Oscars so white. Now, what, why do I bring this up? Well, first of all, because it does need to be, it does need to be mentioned, and people do need white people do need to be talking about it in the right way, not in the cowering way like white people have, like actors like Matt Damon and and they had this, uh, uh, they had this like, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a question and answer session at the Sundance Film Festival. See, Robert Redford came out here even recently and said, oh, I don't have that problem at my festival because we've always been inclusive and, and I've always been an idiot and, and I always cower to the black people and blah, 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 right? So anyway, so Matt Damon during this question and answer, and I didn't read the article. I don't have it. I'm not going to post it. But anyway, he came out and several other white actors. And this other female white actor, and I have the article somewhere. I'll find it. Her name was whatever her name is. She came out. She came out last week and said uh, that it was anti-white. Now, I don't know if you heard it, and maybe I'll find the article real quick just so I can reference it. She came out and said, you know, all the, all of the, uh, you know, criticism and what have you, here it is, uh, was, was because it was like anti-white. And here it is, Julie Delpley. She said, well, then she came out and said she was sorry for the diversity comment, and I'll get to that. But anyway, i got to stick with what I'm talking about here. Why am I bringing up the Oscars so white? Well, because you have, you have the, the Super Bowl is going to happen here, right? Coming up here in a couple of weeks or something. Dallas, Cal, no. Denver Broncos and the uh, Carolina Panthers. Now, I've been, and I'm going to write a letter to the editor, and I haven't started it yet, but I guarantee you it's going to get written. It's going to get finished tonight, and I'm going to send it off, and I'm going to send it to whoever I have to. I've got my new hashtag called NFL So Black, and I brought it up last week. I brought it up last week. The NFL as of 2014 is 67.9% black and 26.66% white. And if you add up all of the other races, and I mentioned this as well, and added them up, white, and the only ones they have are white, Hispanic, other, and Asian slash Pacific Islander. Now, whatever other is, whatever. But if you add those all up, if you add those all up, and that is white, Hispanic, other, and Asian, and Pacific Islander, you only come up with 32.02% of... I guess it would be people without color, right? Because see, blacks, they're people of color, right? Which I never understood. I just, I still, I don't understand that, that, you know, and they say it all the time and they're proud to say it. And that shows you how stupid they are. That shows you how stupid somebody is. And again, I, I keep digressing again. Somebody comes up with these phrases. Somebody comes up with these terms. Because I guarantee you they're sitting in a back room somewhere saying, man, this is, how about this? Uh, people of color. And, and don't you think of saying, well, wait a minute there, uh, Joe, uh, white's a color too. Yeah, yeah, I know. But those idiots are going to say it and nobody's going to think any different. And, and so they do. And so you have this uh, persons of color and people of color. And I've always said, well, wait a minute here. I'm, is white not a color? Well, again, apparently white's not a color. So anyway, add up all the other races and, and you still only have 32.02% non, I guess, uh, people without color. Okay. So that's still, 
Well, obviously, that's, that's way less than, than half. And there's a team breakdown. Let's go to the team breakdowns. And they go, they have all the teams here. And I'll, I'll post this link for you, and you guys can check it out uh, for yourself. Let me do that first for you so you can kind of follow along. And it's pretty in-depth, and you might enjoy it. Let me see if I can get this posted into the chat room here. There it is. All right, check that out. Let me go back unofficially. Here we go. So you have the Broncos. They're one of the teams in, in the Super Bowl coming up here. They have 38 black players, only 14 white players, two Hispanic, and none of the others. So that's 38 to 14. I would say, I would say that that's, you could classify that as uh, predominantly black, right? Let's go to the uh, Carolina Panthers. Let me find them. Here they are. 36 black players, 13 white. They have one listed as other and two Asian Pacific Islanders. So they have no Hispanics. So they obviously, well, they obviously hate uh, Hispanics and Latinos. And that's an outrage. As far as I'm concerned, it is an outrage. And I think that somebody needs to do something about it. Because if you look at the, the whole, all of the team breakdowns and, you know, from top to bottom, there are very, very few Hispanic players in the league. And as far as I'm concerned, it's an outrage. And somebody needs to let somebody know. Not only is the NFL not white, but it's not Hispanic either. So NFL, so black. That's, what I'm, that's my hashtag for the NFL, at least for this week. And it's not going to change. And it really isn't. And again, I'm going to write the letter to the editors. So anyway. So, how come nobody's saying anything about this? And again, I mentioned it as well. Because you might think, well, wait a minute, Jay, I hear all the time about these blacks complaining that they're not head coaches and blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, see, because again, they don't want to just be in the league. They want all of the positions. And again, see, my, I, I don't like to argue the point. First of all, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, I don't know how anybody can watch sports. Personally, it, it, to me, it just seems so ridiculous. It seems like such a waste of time that why anybody would watch sports, especially in today's day and age, when, when we have so much else that is going on that is just, you know, uh, more important, I, I guess. And look, I'm all for, you know, I'm all for, you know, being entertained and, and so forth and so on, but I can entertain myself, you know, otherwise. I can you know, write on my blog, or I can reload some ammunition, or I can like go for a walk in the park or something like that, or go for a run or, or go over to the gym and walk on the treadmill or, or, you know, I can find a whole lot of other ways to be entertained than sitting in front of the television set, especially as a white person and watching the NFL, which has completely, completely been, well, you know what it just has. Look at the, look at the Carolina Panthers. There was a team picture well, look, you can just Google any team picture of any NFL team, and it's, they're just a bunch of apes. They're just a bunch of wild beasts. They, just, they jump around, and they're yelling and screaming, you know, like um, a monkey's in a zoo. Now, that might sound defensive, but that's exactly what it is. And I don't understand it, and I don't know why any white person would sit there and subject themselves to that, especially while they're being called a racist at the same time. See, because it's not enough that you watch them. It's not enough that white people support all of these things. And if it weren't for white people, well, the NFL may as well go play in Haiti. Because if you tried to fill those stadiums up with black people, well, that 
first of all, isn't going to happen. And second of all, if it did happen, well, think about it. Now, just think about it for a second. Again, just kind of picture Detroit or picture Watts, okay? Or picture like these, you know, picture Ferguson, Missouri. You know, it's not a civilized, uh, it would not be a civilized event, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, having said all that, yes, NFL, so black. That is what people, that's the, that is the narrative. That's the narrative that, that needs to get pushed, you know, from now until whenever. And, you know, this is the, how we turn things around. This is how we flip things around and get things, you know, talked about in, in more of a, uh, oh, what do you want to say, uh, logical, uh, you know, kind of uh, framework, if you will. And stop being afraid. Just stop being afraid. Just the other day at work, I, you know, they had like the NFL network on and some guy asked me, I was getting some coffee and whatever. And, and I said, no, I don't, I don't watch, you know, I said, no, I don't, I don't watch TV. Certainly I don't watch sports. I said, as far as that goes, uh, I'm not going to watch the NFL until there's more diversity in the NFL. And he just kind of looked at me and this was another white guy. So of course that probably set off kind of some red flag in, in his, in his feeble brain that I was some kind of a racist or something like that. And it's a good thing. I don't really talk to the guy anyway, because now I think we're on a, we're on like a complete understanding of things. And he probably never talked to me again, which is, which is just fine with me. I don't really have a, I don't really have a desire to talk to idiots anyway. So yeah, he probably did me a favor by asking me some stupid question, but that's, that's the narrative guys that, that needs to get pushed back on people. I'm not afraid to do it. And I can't imagine that anybody listening to this network is afraid to, to push back and look again, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Hey man, if, if, if your teams, the, the chargers or the chiefs or, or whoever, I guess fine. Great. But you know, you gotta, we gotta put some things in perspective here. Now, again, this breaks it down from team. You got the Raiders. Let's go to the Raiders here. Cause this really stuck out. The Oakland Raiders have 42 black players and only nine white players. They have one Hispanic and they have one Asian Pacific Islander, which seems odd for a West Coast team. It just does. You know, like a lot of Hawaiians and Samoans out here on the West Coast, so it does can't kind of seem odd. 42 black players. 42 as opposed, what must it be like as a white player playing for the Oakland Raiders? It must be, it, yeah. Think about it. Well, I would ask to be traded to, to somebody, but who? Who would you be traded to? The Lions? Detroit Lions? 40 black players, 11 white. Who could you go to? Well, you could go to, hey, the Texans. The Texans have, this is the Houston Texans, they have 30 black players as opposed to 20 white players. So you're getting a little bit more, there's getting a little bit more diversity there if you catch my drift. But there's really nowhere else you could go. Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry. They have 27 black players and 25 white players, one Hispanic. So that's, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. So there's some diversity with the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, I was born in Philadelphia. Maybe that has a, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But again, what must it be like to be a white player in, in the NFL? Uh, well, I can tell you what it's kind of like, cause I see, you know, I'm, I keep up on current events and so forth. And, and I, I watch the news a little bit, you know, when I'm at work, I'll see it on or whatever. And I see these white players, they act just like the black players. I guess that's what they do. And that's unfortunate that white people have to think that they have to, you know, mimic, you know, 
monkeys or mimic uh, wild beasts because that's really you know what these that's really how they're acting. That's really how the blacks in the NFL act. And just look at Cam Newton. He's been getting all this bad criticism, and of course everybody's saying it's because it's racist. And no, it's not because it's racist. It's because Cam Newton, the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, is a moron. That's why. He's a moron. He dances around, and he, he does all these little jigs and holds the football and pretends like he's, I don't know, it's, it's not football. It, it's certainly not football. I used to be a fan, you know, back in the, in the 70s and maybe in the 80s and what on. It was a lot different back then, just like most other things are a lot different than they used to be. The NFL has completely been, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say, and, and it just has. It's been blackized, if if you if you know what I mean, if I can you know pervert a word, but it just has. Along with well, along with I was going to say along with the NBA, but the NBA has been like that for you know I don't have the numbers for the NBA, but I'll pull them up if, if I need to. Uh, the NBA is is just as bad, uh, and and you even have fights in the NBA, and you know you have you have players going into the stands, and this happens like once or twice a year now, you know where you have some black. Uh, two or three or four black players going into the stands and just fighting with other fans, even with girls, even with women sitting at courtside. This just happened a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know why I just, I didn't read the article, but I saw it. And I'm like, why would anybody, why would anybody go to, to who in their right mind? And I've been saying for years, what white person in their right mind would go to an NBA game? The NFL is one thing. But it's getting to be more like the NBA is the point I'm trying to make. I can't imagine why any white people still go to an NBA game. But again, but again, it's not that's who goes there. That's who's filling up these arenas, and that's who's filling up these stadiums, these NFL stadiums and these uh, NBA arenas. Yeah, you got blacks that go there. But obviously when blacks are only, what, 9, 10, 13% max of the population, uh, obviously if it was just blacks that went there, well, first of all, that's not going to happen. And if it did again, you would have chaos. Chaos would certainly ensue. It's white people that go to these events, and it's ridiculous. So that is the hashtag, guys, and you need to be, you know, you really need to be, because, again, with the Super Bowl coming up, you need to be, you need to be kind of forwarding that, that, that narrative, that mantra that the NFL, NFL so black, NFL so black. Write a letter to your editor. Uh, Write you know to into your local newspaper. Call into a local radio show and push that narrative and don't be backed down. Well, I won't get into what I have to get into next because we're getting pretty close to break here. So uh, I'll wait until after the break, guys, to uh, talk about. And I'm going to get into Hillary Clinton a little bit. The uh, Des Moines Register has come out and endorsed Hillary Clinton, and it's just unbelievable, as far as I'm concerned. But. Uh, We'll get into that after the break, guys. I'll see you then.
is their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, folks, welcome back to the second half of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. This is my live show for the 26th day of January 2016, 37 minutes past the hour. Okay, that was Led Zeppelin, obviously the two songs. Uh, Well, they were a great band, what can you say? So I thought I'd play a couple of their, you know, maybe better known songs and a couple of short ones at the same time. So, well, let's just continue on with some things. Uh, uh, yeah, so I was going to talk about Hillary Clinton and I know it kind of gets old to talk about Hillary Clinton, but look, man, she's the candidate and they're really pushing her. I don't see anybody else in the democratic, uh, field. You know, I don't see anybody else getting nomination and short of Hillary Clinton, you know, dropping dead, which, I mean, how nice would that be? That would be a great day. But short of her dropping dead, uh, I don't think she's going to be arrested. At least I haven't seen any reports. I haven't seen anything leaked, uh, you know, anything that would indicate that this woman is going to be arrested. And I know that's something else that we would like as well. I would prefer that she dropped dead, but arrested would be good. But anyway. So the Des Moines Register came out because you got these caucuses coming up and, and, you know, they're really pushing this. And so they, they, they came up and they had this like question and answer and there's no video. I'll just post the article. You can, you can, if you dare, you can check it out for yourself. Cause I'm going to kind of get into it here a little bit. Uh, here we go. There's the article. Let me find it again. Here we go. It's a, uh, And the headline is endorsement. Hillary Clinton has needed knowledge, experience. And I'll just start off. If there's one thing Democrats and Republicans agree on this year, it's the fact that the next president will face enormous challenges. Domestically, this president must work with Congress in confronting the issues of immigration, health care, increased threats to national security, the disappearing middle class, the growing deficit, Social Security solvency, gun control, renewable energy, sentencing reform, and more. And you know what? I would have to ask, what does any of that really have to do with the president and with our with our government, with Congress? What does any what does what does most of that have to do with the Constitution? I would start off with that. But anyway, that's that's not the political state that we live in. It continues on the world stage. This president will have to work with foreign leaders in dealing with ISIS and other terrorists, climate change, the containment of nuclear threats posed in North Korea and Iran, the nuclear incursions in Ukraine and foreign trade. The the Russian incursions in Ukraine. Uh, guys, do, are we hearing about like a lot of Ukrainian refugees fleeing Ukraine by the by the millions flooding European countries and getting shipped over here? Bus, plane, train, car, submarine, boat, raft. No. No, we're hearing we're hearing a lot about Syrian refugees in places that the United States is incurring in, are we not? I'm not hearing, again, a lot about uh, Ukrainian refugees freeing because of Russian incursions. But anyway, the article goes on. The presidency is not an entry-level position. Whoever is sworn into office next January must demonstrate not only a deep understanding of the issues facing America, but also possess the diplomatic skills that enable presidents to forge alliances to get things done. By that measure, Democrats have one outstanding candidate deserving of their support, Hillary Clinton. No other candidate can match the depth or breadth of her knowledge and experience. As First Lady, she worked tirelessly on health care reform and, with bipartisan support, created the Children's 
health insurance program that provides coverage for 8 million children, which, by the way, is a boondoggle. Look it up for yourself. Look it up for yourself. It's a complete failure, utter failure that has imposed millions of dollars of uh, what they call unfunded liabilities on the states. But, hey, who cares about that? I mean, it's just, it was her idea. Then Hillary Clinton, there we go. As a senator, she reached across party lines and joined forces with conservatives, including Senator Lindsey Graham, who, you know what, I didn't know he was a conservative. But anyway, and former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, who isn't really a conservative either. He's your quintessential neocon. That's not a conservative. To fight job creation and universal health care. As Secretary of State, she helped secure international sanctions against Iran and redefined her job by expanding America's diplomatic agenda to include poverty, women's rights, the environment, and other issues. And now again, what does any of that have to do with being Secretary of State? What does women's rights have to do with being Secretary of State? What does the environment have to do with it? How about poverty? Does any of that have anything to do with being a Secretary of State? But see, that's what these positions have come in government. That's what these positions have become. They're, you're just an activist anymore in, in these, in these uh, bureaucratic positions. Forget the fact, you know, and it's going to get into our senatorial campaign. Let's continue. And it goes on. It says, she is not a perfect candidate, as evidenced uh, by the way she handled the Fuhrer over her private email server, which, as far as I'm concerned, isn't finished. And she broke numerous laws, and she's a felon, and she's a fugitive from justice because of that. In our endorsement of her 2000 can in her 2008 campaign for president, we wrote that, quote, when she makes a mistake, she should just say so. That appears to be a lesson she has yet to fully embrace. <laughs> really? Her changing stance on gay marriage, immigration, and other issues has invited accusations that she is guided less by personal conviction than by political calculations. She refutes that and argues pervasively or persuasively that a willingness to change one's thinking on specific issues while remaining true to what she calls the same values and principles is a virtue, one lacking in most politicians. This woman is unbelievable. She is unbelievable. Her, the, the pathology of her, of her criminality and of her, her, deceptiveness, her deceptiveness is unbelievable. That's something that they haven't put in this article, and it goes on. Over the course of two meetings, Clinton spent more than three hours with the editorial board answering questions in a direct and forthright manner. She exhibited an impressive command of the issues. The we'd have liked to hear more from her on the debt and the future of Social Security. Well, of course, and I think everybody would, at least on the debt, because you don't hear that talked about at all in the presidential debates, do you? You just hear about, well, the Democrats are talking about uh, letting more illegal aliens in and having more homosexuals uh, in the army and so forth. You, you don't hear anything about the debt. Well, you, you don't, and the Republicans, you only hear about the Republicans, let's see, uh, pretending they're going to build a wall and going after terrorists. Yeah, nothing about the dead. Okay, let's continue. She was somewhat prickly and defensive when discussing her emails, but overall she was gracious, gracious, engaging, and personable. I find that hard to believe. It goes on. Her chief opponent for the nomination, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, has proven to be an honorable and formidable campaigner and is very likely that without him in the race, candidates in both parties wouldn't be discussing America's growing inequity in, in wealth and income. Yeah. Okay, so you have uh, Hillary Clinton, who, who at times 
commands more than $225,000 per, uh, per speech. And she, she, along with Bernie Sanders, is talking about inequity, uh, wealth inequity and income in, in, inequity in this country. Yeah, right. Sanders has tapped into the public's anger and frustration with Washington without demonizing government and resorting to the cheap uh, demagoguery favored by Donald Trump and others. <laughs> See, guys, you just have to read these articles to really, to really get to the heart of the matter. They just don't like Donald Trump, and they're just going to use, well, they're going to use the word demagogue to uh, label him because they don't like him. And he's actually, you know, and this isn't my own endorsement of Donald Trump. You know, I've said that before, but at least he is talking about some real issues. He has shown himself, and they're speaking of Bernie Sanders, he has shown himself to be a man of courage and principle who has the ability to rally others to his cause. He's a pervert. I pointed that out. He's a disgusting uh, Jewish uh, sexual deviant, and he's a communist. That's all you need to know about Bernie Sanders. But Sanders admits that uh, virtually all of his plans for reform have no chance of being approved by a Congress that bears any resemblance to a current crop of federal lawmakers. This is why he says voters can't simply elect him president, but must instead spark a political revolution. Well, of course, a communist revolution. Well, at least he's honest. Well, they don't say communist. I did. I inserted the communist revolution. Easier said than done. Congress has the largest Republican majority since the 71st Congress of 2000 and, or I'm sorry, of 1929 to 1931. And you know what? Pat Buchanan wrote a, wrote a, great, uh, wrote a great article on that here recently, and I'll, I'll try and find it if I have time before the end of the show. It goes on. A successful Sanders presidency would hinge on his ability to remake Washington in his own image. It's almost inconceivable that such a transformation could take place, even with Democrats controlling both chambers of Congress. As for Martin O'Malley, and it just goes on about some of the other uh, candidates in there, but yeah, you don't really need to know. I, I, the gist of it is they're endorsing of Hillary Clinton. And they got all these pictures of her in here and, you know, kind of gesturing with her hands. In. And what's kind of funny about these photos, if you're looking at the article, is you can buy these photos. You can put them in a shopping cart and buy them. Hmm, that's kind of, that's kind of creepy, actually, why anybody would want a photograph of Hillary Clinton. All right, guys. I'm going to write a letter to, to, to the uh, Des Moines Register and ask them just what in the hell just who in the hell is running that newspaper over there and why, why they would even interview this person. And, and, and then why would they do anything serious when it comes to Hillary Clinton? The only thing they should be writing about Hillary Clinton is that she belongs in jail. Or at least maybe she should drop dead. You know, maybe they could start off with that because she is old. If you look at some of her photographs, she's a very, she's a, she's kind of a creepy looking old hag. Well, there you go. That's Hillary Clinton. Look, things aren't going to change in this country. This is something that I talk about every week unless we change things. You got this thing supposedly still going on, although I've heard no news accounts of it down there in Oregon with the Maller uh, National Wildlife Refuge. Kind of funny, huh? Kind of odd how you're not really hearing anything down there, are you? That's because nothing really is going on except the fact that they're pointing out some very uh, true uh, injustices being perpetrated by the United States government. No, these aren't your protesters. You know, like very early on, they were saying, where's the SWAT teams and, and where's the Humvees? And then, you know, where's the police? Uh, 
like you had in Ferguson and all these other places where blacks do nothing but riot. And the blacks look for no other reason to do anything except riot. Riot and go freaking rob a Rite Aid gro- uh, a drugstore or go uh, loot a Walmart, you know, so you can, get, so you can steal a big screen TV and, and high step it out the store. No, what's happening down in Oregon is very different. That's why the police aren't there. And that's why the news isn't, the, the press isn't there anymore. Because they know they're caught. And the, the, the people down there in Oregon have a valid, they have a valid issue. And a, 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 actually a, a host of valid issues. That's why. And things aren't going to change, like I was saying, in this country. And I hear too many commentators, I hear far too many commentators coming out and saying, well, uh, I'm not saying we should break the law. And I'm not saying, you know, that we should do anything violent. And I'm not saying this, that, and the other thing. Well, you know what? I am. Who are we dealing with here? You got to be out of your mind. Who are we dealing with here? The government does nothing but break the law. That's all they do. How do you fight that? How do you fight that without breaking the law? And then they send their cops out there. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Let's hope it doesn't. And you know what? I'm leaning towards that it's not going to happen, that we're not going to have another Waco or another Ruby Ridge uh, down there in Oregon. I I just don't think that's going to happen. But on the other hand, that's all the government does. And like I said, like I was going to say, they send their cops out there to, to, you know, enforce. Well, they're not enforcing. Well, they're not enforcing the law because all the laws are are being broken. And so for us to think that we can just sit back, you know, and, and vote our way out of it, and talk our way out of it. And it's it, and look, maybe you get tired of me hearing hearing me say it, but I'm going to keep saying it. It ain't going to happen, folks. It is not going to happen. These elections are going to happen whether we vote or not. Doesn't matter. And it, it, it you know it probably matters less if we do vote. I'm leaning more towards that way with every passing election that it doesn't seem to matter. And look, if Hillary Clinton gets the no- if she gets the Democratic nomination, then it's game over. It, it really is game over for this country if she gets it, because there, there's nobody in the Republican Party. There's nobody because the press has been very successful, and they're going to they're going to be way more successful, especially if Trump gets a nomination to demonize him even more. And Hillary Clinton's going to be a shoe in. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Because well. Too many of us have sat around and sat on our hands for far too long. And look, man, they're this close. I say it every week, man. They are this close. And if you were looking at me in a webcam, you would see that my thumb and forefinger, you can barely see any daylight in between. That's how close they are. That is how close they are. They've got it nearly locked up. We live in a, we pretty much live in a police state now. You know, where the cops can do pretty much just about anything that they want. They can just shoot people, just shoot them, because uh, they felt threatened. You try that. You go ahead and try that. Uh, ain't going to happen. So to think, folks, that we, can't, that we uh, can do this without breaking the law, well, I got news for you. It ain't going to happen. At some point, it's going to have to happen. We already live in anarchy now. You just have to get past it. And I know it's hard for people, especially for white people. It's hard. Now, I don't know why, but it just is. 
And then you know what? White people need to get over it. We have, I know we're civilized and it's within our DNA and all this, but you know what? We gotta, we gotta get, we used to be a lot different. You know, the Vikings and all those people back in the old days, you know, we can be savages at times. Well, you know what? We're going to have to kick it up a notch. We're not going to take it back any other way. And you know what? At the same time, we can't take it all back either. That's something that I think I started the show off with, that white people need their own country. Now, that might, you know, to super patriots, that's going to that's gonna burn some ears to the super patriots out there. You know, to the, uh, to the, to the uh, red, red, white, and blue crowd, you know, that listen to, uh, like, uh, progressive country. You know, rah, 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 uh, proud to be an American, blah, 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 uh, tripe. That's over. America, as we know it, the United States certainly as we know it, is over. And Pat Buchanan, again, I, I mentioned him just, just a second ago. He said it, he sees it, and he's been saying it for a long time. And you know what? So have I. The balkanization is nearly complete. The white people are the only ones that haven't figured it out. We're the only ones. We're out there just trying to get along with everyone while they're killing us. While they're killing us. And, while, and calling us racist and, and insulting us at every turn. You got the Oscars so white. You got this so white. That's so white. When it so easily, so easily can be pointed out that that's just not the case. That's just not the case. But white people, oh, I wouldn't want to be called a racist. I'm not. Oh, poor uh, black guy, please don't accuse me of being a racist because I'm such a coward. I'm such a sissy. Instead of saying, you know what, take a hike. Go to hell. That's what you need to say. Try going to a black neighborhood. I've said that. Try going to a black, just try going for a walk in a black neighborhood as a white person and see what happens. Hey, man, you, you might want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or you might want to be like uh, Sid Vicious, you know, like the studio wrestler. Did you ever see that guy? Like six foot, seven foot, whatever, 400 pounds, all muscle, that type of, you know, you might want to be him or four or five of him if you're going to do that and venture off into some black neighborhood because it is the blacks that are out of control. It is the Mexicans that are out of control. It is the minorities, if you will. It is the people with color that are out of control in this country. And for whites to continue to sit around, to continue to sit around and appease these people. And that's what they are. That's what I call them. These people, that's right. Oh, what are you, some kind of a racist? Well, of course. Isn't, shouldn't you be? You know, part of being a racist is part of survival. And I want to survive just like anyone else. You don't see me burning crosses in black people's front yards. Uh, you don't see me uh, burning pinatas in you know Mexican people's front yards. But you do see quite the opposite. You see white people getting assaulted every day, mostly by blacks in this country, but by certainly by by Mexicans too, Hispanics, Latinos, whatever the hell you want to call them. And you don't hear anybody saying anything about it. It just goes. It goes unreported, it just goes unnoticed, it doesn't happen, and if you bring it up, then you're some kind of a racist. Well, hey man, too bad. More people need to bring it up. Look, guys, getting towards the end of the show, the Super Bowl's coming up, you need to push the narrative that the NFL is so black. Push it, hashtag NFL so black. Push the NBA, NBA, uh, what is it? NBA so black. Push it and talk about it. 
And don't be afraid to talk about it. And at the same time, and let me close with this, we're not going to win this thing, guys. We're not going to gain our liberty. We're not going to gain our freedom by sitting around thinking that we, we, we have to, we can, we, you know, we have to obey the law or that we can't break the law or that we can't talk about violence and so forth. Because violence is being perpetrated upon us. And that's not being done lawfully. So we can't sit around playing by the rules anymore. The rules have been broken. The rules aren't being followed. We're the only ones stupid enough to keep following the rules. And they're just sitting back going, you bunch of idiots. And we're just backing ourselves into a FEMA camp. And what's going to happen once we're all there? Because, guys, they're coming after us. They're coming after us four square. They have been, have been coming after us four square. And we just, oh, hey, obey the rules. You know, oh, you know, we wouldn't want to, you know, we have to do things civilized here. And, and we're a nation of laws and blah, blah, blah. That's all out the window. That has been all out the window. We got a person like Hillary Clinton running for president. Are you kidding me? And we're talking about following the rules? That doesn't make any sense. And it won't make any sense. And again, I'm not going to end up in that FEMA camp with you. I'm not, I'm not going to be a slave on some global plantation. I say it. Every week, buy a rifle, buy some ammunition, start talking out loud, start writing letters to the editor, start pointing the finger the other way. And then when you get close enough, you put that finger right in their chest and you don't back down. I hear the music, guys. Remember this, and I say it every week, guys. Freedom does come from the sword. Be all you can be, guys. Be a domestic terrorist. I'll see you guys on Thursday. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic
Organic Sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Welcome to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and it's my live show tonight on Monday, April 4th, 2016. And you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And so... um I've been giving you some info about MSN, and it's also called organic sulfur. So I'm going to get into that a little bit more tonight, probably finish it up, and I may get into some other things if there's time. So I'm just going to get right back into it. It's from this book that I have here in my hand called The MSM Miracle, Enhance Your Health with Organic Sulfur by Earl Mendel. Okay, so we're talking about lots of different things from this booklet and uh, all kinds of different things that MSM does. So now we're going to get into different things about the stomach and um, digestion, constipation, stomach acidity, heartburn, MSM and pain relief, arthritis, muscle soreness and cramps, and different things to do with NSM, um, like diabetes, the eyes, stress, mental normalcy, lung dysfunction, oral hygiene, insect bites and sunburn, snoring, um, different stuff like that. So, okay, here we go. Good, good digestion and absorption of nutrients is one of the Keys to Good Health and Longevity, and it's all about how we process fuel. And just as with a car, if it isn't done properly, you're not going to get very far. Naturopathic doctors estimate that some 60% of the patients they see with previously unexplained symptoms are suffering from a dysfunctional gastrointestinal system. Fortunately, one of the major pharmacological benefits to be derived from taking MSM, also known as organic sulfur, is the positive effect it has on the utilization of the food we eat. To begin with, use of MSM has been shown to to add flexibility and permeability to most forms of tissue. Tissue malfunction anywhere along the gastrointestinal tract can result in long-standing digestive disorders, including inflammation of the mucous membranes, diarrhea, constipation, nausea, and hyperacidity. People with these gastrointestinal symptoms often experience dramatic relief through oral administration of as little as 100 to 500 milligrams of MSM supplementation daily. He says to start with, he suggests you take 3,000 milligrams a day. And the rooster is crowing, as you can tell, so I guess he wants to be part of the show tonight. Okay, so food allergies can be a source not only of immune system deficiencies and fatigue, but of major indigestion problems. It is 
noteworthy that individuals who experience an allergic response to certain foods like cereals, shrimp, milk, citrus, and wheat report an improved or complete tolerance to these substances when they take MSM. The digestion process benefits from the ability of MSM to coat mucosal surfaces such as those lining the digestive tract, occupying the binding sites that challenging food allergens would otherwise use. MSM will bind with the offending agent and, through sulfur conjugation, produce harmless substances, which are then excreted from the body. So basically, they, you know, MSM takes the trash out, gets rid of the bad things. And this facilitates normal digestion and assimilation and allows the body to extract the maximum nutritional value from a variety of foods that might otherwise prove allergenic. Enzymes secreted by the pancreas and small intestines are the primary catalyst of the digestive process, but they don't work alone. They require an amino acid and a cofactor, such as a vitamin or mineral, to complete the job. Among these, the B vitamins, riboflavin and pantothenic acid, plus the sulfur-bearing vitamins, thiamine and biotin, help us metabolize and digest starches, fats, and proteins. Both biotin and thiamine along with pantothenic acid and potassium, aid the body to assimilate sufficient amounts of MSM so vital to the digestion process. Now we're going to move on to talk about constipation. Constipation is one of the most common health complaints and contributes to many serious diseases. It starts, or more accurately, ends in the colon, where the body deposits digested solid waste. If digestion is poor, there will also be undigested food present. As the waste material moves through the colon, water is pulled out of it, and by the time the waste reaches the end of the colon, it forms a compact mass that in a healthy body is easily excreted through the rectum and anus as feces. Your colon is designed to safely handle loads of toxins day after day for years. When you're constipated, forcing out hard, dry stools on an irregular basis, the toxins remain in the colon longer than they should. This poses the risk they'll be reabsorbed back into the body or actually harm the colon itself. The colon is heavily populated with bacteria, which are normal intestinal flora that keep bad bacteria under control. Antibiotics, steroids, poor digestion, nutritional deficiencies, and stress can kill the good bacteria. You hear that? Antibiotics can kill the good bacteria. And 
you know, so can the other bad things like steroids. And if you have poor digestion, if you have nutritional deficiencies, and who doesn't have stress? We all have stress. So those things can kill the good bacteria, and it leaves an overabundance of the bad guys, most of which are a fungal yeast called Candida albicans. An overgrowth of yeast in the intestines can cause constipation, gas, diarrhea, and a long list of secondary symptoms, and most likely cancer, I believe. So 21 subjects with a history of constipation were given 500 milligram doses of MSM together with 1,000 milligrams, which is one gram, of ascorbic acid daily. Ascorbic acid, you hear me talk about that, is the, the crystal lean vitamin C. Okay, ascorbic acid, which we mix with water and, and baking soda. So they were given 500 milligram doses of MSM together with 1,000 milligrams, which is equal to one gram of ascorbic acid vitamin C daily. All subjects with abnormal colon function returned to normal and remained normal while MSM was a part of their diet. Remember I told you, according to Dr. Earl Mandel, he said in this booklet right here that I have in my hand that MSM and vitamin C work better together. They work synergistically. So these people were given both MSM and ascorbic acid, which is a form of vitamin C. So, in addition to MSM, supplementation of at least 2,000 milligrams per day, some other ways to treat constipation include extra dietary fiber from fresh vegetables and fruits. If that doesn't get things moving, add bran and prunes. And if that doesn't help, you can take psyllium in the morning before breakfast. And that's P-S-Y-L-L-I-U-M, psyllium. Stir in one to three teaspoons in eight ounces of water or juice and drink it immediately. Another step is to drink more water to assist the elimination process. When you're dried out, your stools will be hard and dry. That means you are not taking in enough water, not getting enough fluids, and you're, you're dehydrated. That's why, you know, your bowel movements, your stools will be hard and dry, and that can also cause constipation. Um, another thing that can cause it, by the way, is painkillers and pharmaceutical drugs, and I'm sure over-the-counter drugs as well, but a big reason could be painkillers strong, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, etc. So I actually know a person that has taken painkillers for years and heavy-duty painkillers, and uh, they do not have, you know, normal bowel movements, and it's not pretty what they have to go through just to have a bowel movement. And it's so bad that they were... They're doing all the wrong things. Um, they were taking things like what would be prescribed um, when somebody's going to have like a colonoscopy and things like that, where they basically, you know, want you to clean out your colon before you come in and all that. 
Um, so that's not something good to, to take just because you need to have a bowel movement. Um, and you don't want to, you know, get dependent on things to have a bowel movement either. So the more that you can just have a normal bowel movement is going to be, you know, a lot healthier than having to depend on something to cause you to have a bowel movement. You don't want to get dependent on something like that. And you don't, you know, what's going to happen if you run out of that thing? Like if, if everything hits the fan and you don't have any more of that thing, then what are you going to do? So make sure to drink enough water, you know, and get enough fluids and, and do all the things that you can to keep from getting dehydrated and things like that. And, and remember that big pharma drugs and, and perhaps over-the-counter drugs too can cause constipation, especially painkillers. So if, if one is having these hard stools and they're constipated and all that, it's very painful and it can cause bleeding and hemorrhoids and other things um, like a prolapse where your insides come out of your back end. And that happened to one of our cats three times and then he had to have surgery and he, he's doing good so far so we just keep praying that he will continue to do so and I have to just uh, he, he basically won't drink water anymore he's an older kitty he's our oldest cat in fact and we love him very much and he's a real sweetie but um, you know when I give him his food I just have to pour water over the top of it and I kind of mix it together to make it taste better to him. And I, I just usually stay there and feed him from a spoon, actually. And he ends up drinking all of his water and getting all of his food, you know. So that's pretty much all the water he's getting. So I just have to be, you know, to make sure that he is getting enough water. So, so far, so good. And... You know, you just you just have to make yourself drink enough water. And, and for your animals as well, it's very important that they get enough water and they don't get dehydrated either. So when you get the urge to go, do go. Because chronically holding back bowel movements can also cause constipation. It can also cause bowel cancer, colon cancer, and it can also cause... Um, Cancer of the bladder if you hold your urine and you do not go and urinate when you need to. So, and that goes for anybody. So, make sure and teach children, grandchildren, etc., nieces and nephews that they need to go to the bathroom if they have to go instead of, you know, waiting to go. They they need to, to go. So, that's what could be a problem in school and things like that if they won't let children go to the bathroom when they need to. So, maybe... If that's the case, talk to the teacher about it and let her know, you know, that your child should be able to go when they need to go. So check your medicine cabinet too. Some drugs that can cause constipation include diuretics, painkillers, decongestants, narcotics, antihistamines, antidepressants, and tranquilizers. I'm going to say that again. So all these drugs can cause constipation. Diuretics, which make you go to the bathroom, you know, make you uh, urinate a lot. Painkillers, like I told you. Decongestants, when you have mucus and you take something to try to get the mucus out of your body, you're congested, etc. 
um, narcotics, antihistamines, which people take for allergies when vitamin C is something that would help them tremendously if they have allergies, and also raw, local, organic honey can also help with allergies. Antidepressants is another thing that can cause constipation, and they're deadly. So are all these drugs. They're deadly. They can be deadly. Um, even over-the-counter drugs, like I've told you many times, they can be deadly. And tranquilizers definitely can be deadly. So all these things cause and can cause constipation. Iron tablets can also cause constipation. It's common to become constipated when we travel. Long hours of sitting, changes in diet and water, and a change in our daily routine can make us irregular. So pack a few prunes. Magnesium can cause diarrhea, which means it can also be a remedy for constipation. And, and Epsom salt, that is magnesium sulfate, and that, it, that can be something that can make you have a bowel movement. Um, magnesium oxide, from what I know, is only available to the body. 4% of what you take is available to the body. So 96% of your money is going down the drain, and probably your magnesium along with bowel movement is going down the drain. So, you know, if you're purchasing magnesium oxide, it is not a good, you know, way to spend your money, so just keep that in mind. But if you did have some on hand and you did have, you know, constipation, you know, you might could use something like that to cause you to have a bowel movement. Or, like I said, magnesium sulfate, which is Epsom salt, you know, dissolved in water, and that should be on the outside of the package of Epsom salt. But, you know, check with your doctor about all these things and do the research and Make up your own mind about what, you know, would be the best for you and, and speak with your doctor about it. And the same goes with your vet, you know, if it's your animal. I was told by our vet that if our animal, the one that I was talking about, had a problem going to the bathroom, I could safely give him something. So I'll tell you about that on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
800-242-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen. It is my live show tonight on Monday, April 4th, 2016, and I've been giving you some more information about MSM, also known as Organic Sulfur, talking about constipation and different things like that. Um, So I'm going to get back into that. And let's see here. I did see, okay, I was telling you about magnesium, and I told you that our vet told me about our cat that, you know, had had a prolapse where his his rectum basically and or his colon came out of his backside and it was probably from him straining to have a bowel movement and so he's an an elderly cat and his name's Booger I call him Boogie Bear or my baby bear and so anyway he he's a real trooper he had that happen to him three different times it is always very, you know, it's just, it's not a good thing, and it's scary when you see him like that, and the first time I saw it, it was, you know, it always is scary, but it was very scary, and so they, you know, they were able to give him surgery, um, and if if it stays out of the body too long, then the tissue can die, you know. So it can turn purple and or black and be dead and then blood can't flow and all these things, you know. So it can die. Um, so it's it's extremely important if that happens to a person or an animal to get them, you know, medical help immediately as soon as possible. In the meantime, um, I don't have the brand right here with me, but it's good to use a lubricant to put that on the tissue to keep it moist. So that's what I've done, and the one that I used was, I bought it at Walmart. It was like the cheapest one they have, and the reason why I got that one is because I looked at the ingredients on all of them and decided this one would be, you know, the least harmful of them all. So that's the one I got, and it's also the cheapest one. And it comes in like this white, pretty big tube. So that can be applied with gloves or a napkin or something, you know, clean like that to the tissue until, you know, if it's an animal, the animal can be taken to the vet. So, but anyway, um, then they had to perform surgery on him and I can't, I don't know the technical name for it offhand, but they had to basically, I think, sew his, his colon, you know, to like the side of him or something to, you know, put stitches inside of him so that it won't keep coming out. And anyway, the that did tell me that if he has problems, you know, having a bowel movement, that a, a, they didn't have a stool softener to give to him, and I'm pretty glad of that because, you know, it's probably something that's not good for him anyway. And, and uh, she told me instead, she said she even prefers just to, you know, give a cat milk of magnesia. And she said to give him a half a teaspoon once a day if he needed it as a stool softener. So he hasn't needed it except for like 
a couple of times ever have I given it to him. But anyway, um, so that's what she told me. So you you know check with your vet, and it and it could be a different dosage depending on the size of your animal and all that. So keep that in mind, and make sure it's okay to give that to them if necessary. But I wouldn't do it on like a daily basis or an often basis. So I'd try to avoid that. And you could probably give something different, like I think maybe pumpkin. You can check with your vet about that. That may also soften the, the stool. Coconut oil might as well. So, you know, check with them and see what they would prefer and do the research and make it your own mind. But I, I just thought I would read you. I have another book here called The Cure for All Diseases. It's by Dr. Holda Clark. And there's this little section here. It says, um, let's see, increased minerals. Um, she's basically talking about pushing back age in this chapter and increasing oxygen and a lot of different things to do with diet. And um, she's talking about increasing oxygen and um, strokes and Transient, transient ischemic attacks or TIAs, why they're caused, blood pressure, all kind of things. Air pollution, she talks about that in this chapter. And anemia. And then she gets into acid levels and increasing minerals. And here's what she says. For any, I'll just say for acid levels, I'll read this part. Um, and then increasing minerals. She says... Um, for acid levels, she says oxygen must first jump onto its raft, the hemoglobin, in the lungs. Later in the brain, oxygen must jump off again to enter the brain cells. A difference in acid levels makes this possible. Acid levels operate the latching system that decides whether oxygen will be attached to hemoglobin or let go. Acidity unlatches oxygen. There should be no acidity in the lungs, so oxygen can attach here. Sometimes the entire body is too acid. Diabetics, asthmatics, arthritics especially suffer from total body acidity. Acid was meant to be removed from the blood and loaded into the stomach at mealtime for digestion. When this isn't happening, it was meant to be shipped out of the body with the urine, but the kidneys may be doing a poor job because they are clogged with tiny crystals and because not enough water is drunk, so the body's acid levels rise. You can test total body acidity by measuring the pH of the morning urine. It should not be under 5.5. It should not be more acid, more acidic than 5.5. If the body acid level is too high, help the kidneys excrete it by adding more water to the diet and more minerals to neutralize the acid. The main minerals for this purpose are calcium and magnesium. Now, under increased minerals, she says, adding water to the diet could be the most difficult of tasks. If your elderly loved one doesn't like it, calcium should be in the form of milk. And I would say raw goat's milk, non-unpasteurized raw goat's milk would be the best form of milk there is, I believe. 
She says magnesium should be as a tablet. When tablets cannot be swallowed, use magnesium oxide powder. Use one-eighth of a teaspoon of magnesium oxide powder added to cooked cereal, soup, stew, or pudding. This is, you know, like for elderly people, and, and it might, you know, could be done for animals as well. Uh, magnesium being a mineral does not get destroyed as vitamins may. You can add it anywhere in the diet where it won't be tasted. Notice how calming it is to have extra magnesium in this gradual way and how much better the sleep is at night. So like I said, the magnesium oxide she's recommending is really, um, you know, it, it is calming. It can cause somebody to have a bowel movement if they're constipated and things like that. But it's not really that beneficial as far as how the body can use it since the body can only use 4%. And this comes from an expert doctor on the subject of magnesium. That This is where I get that information from, not Holda Clark, but another doctor I've talked about in the past. Um, and I think I've played some audio from a video on my show. But um, So... She also says here, when water doesn't taste good, there's probably a valid reason. The body may be trying to reject chlorine or other toxins in it. In this case, filter it with a small, all-carbon unit that has changed right on schedule. And she says a plastic pitcher, not clear plastic or flexible plastic, whatever that means, with a carbon pack fitted onto the top, into the top is best. She says sterilize it once a week by putting a cup of water and one tablespoon of grain alcohol in it and turning it upside down so the filter can soak for 15 minutes. So sterilize it once a week in that manner, putting a cup of water and a tablespoon of grain alcohol in it and turning it upside down so the filter can soak for 15 minutes. Flush out the alcohol with two pitchers of water. Make sure the temperature suits the person, meaning the water, when maybe they don't want to drink it because of the temperature of it. Temperature can mean everything to the never thirsty person. Don't allow ice cubes, however, nor beverage making with the essential water. Adding lemon or vinegar, and, and I would use real lemons, preferably organic, would always be better. Or vinegar, and, and I would use, she says white distilled, but I would use the raw organic apple cider vinegar in the glass bottle with the mother. And a teaspoon of honey, preferably organic raw honey is what I would use in a glass bottle. It's probably the best way to stimulate both thirst and appetite. So she's saying adding vinegar and a teaspoon of honey to the water is probably the best way to stimulate both thirst and appetite for somebody that doesn't want to eat, doesn't want to drink, etc. And that's for a person. You know, I wouldn't give an animal honey. When blood is properly oxygenated, it takes on a bright red color. Unoxygenated blood is more purple. A chelation doctor can easily see the state of oxygenation. So that is coming from a book by Dr. Holder Clark, and 
and it's called The Cure for All Diseases. It's a very, very famous book. It's got many case histories of diabetes and high blood pressure, seizures, chronic fatigue syndrome, migraines, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, and others, showing that all of these can be simply investigated and cured. So that is, like I say, a very popular and famous book. And I have that here. Um, the cover price here says $21.95. You might want to get this book. It's got very detailed information. And it's 604 pages. And just so you know a little bit, it says it took an independent research scientist um, to find the answers. Holda Clark began her studies in biology at the University of Saskatchewan, Canada, where she was awarded the Bachelor of Arts, magna cum laude, and the Master of Arts with high honors. After two years of study at McGill University, she attended the University of Minnesota studying biophysics and cell physiology. She received her doctorate degree in physiology in 1958. In 1979, she left government-funded research and began private consulting on a full-time basis. Six years later, she discovered an electronic technique for scanning the human body. Today, she puts her methods, results, and conclusions before you. Read and recover. And it's called The Cure for All Diseases. So that's by Dr. Holda Clark, H-U-L-D-A-C-L-A-R-K, Ph.D. and N.D. So that's just a little bit from that book. So I'm going to get back into the MSN miracle now, Enhance Your Health with Organic Sulfur by Earl L. Mandel. And let's see, where did I leave off here? Okay, so we were talking about, you know, having a bowel movement and what to do if one cannot and what things can cause one to be constipated. And somebody did mention in the chat room, caffeinated beverages can also cause constipation, and that's true because they cause you to, um, to, I'm trying to think of the word, um, to be dehydrated. That's what caffeinated beverages do. They cause you to be dehydrated, and dehydration can lead to constipation and hard, you know, bowel movements that you're going to strain to get out, and that could cause all kinds of problems like prolapse that happened to our cat or, um, hemorrhoids from straining as well so and it could also lead to bowel cancer you know like I said holding your urine and not going to the bathroom when you need to urinating can cause um, cancer of the your cancer of the um, let me think what I was trying to say um Bowel cancer, colon cancer can be from holding your, um, you know, not going in when you need to have a bowel movement. And then bowel cancer can be caused from not urinating when you need to, is what I'm trying to say. So make sure you do that when you need to. And I would, uh, you know, if it were me, I would never take any kind of, you know, big pharma drugs or over-the-counter drugs. And definitely, you know, I told you all those drugs can cause constipation like diuretics, painkillers, decongestants narcotics, antihistamines, antidepressants, and tranquilizers, and iron tablets. And Holda Clark says, by the way, not to take iron tablets. And she says that 
you know, parasites in the body can can take those in and become even stronger. So I don't I don't think she advises to take those. Okay, so now we'll get into stomach acidity and heartburn. Your stomach starts producing digestive juices when you just think about eating. If you think about something good to eat, it'll make your mouth water. So think, you know, how that happens to all of us. Or if you think about a lemon, a lot of times that can make your mouth water. So when you start to chew food, it stimulates the gallbladder and pancreas to secrete their digestive juices and enzymes.